Hey, peace, 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 peace. This is your brother Garfield. Haven't been live in a minute. But um, I do want to say peace and love to everybody. Today's a very special show, as we always deal with an academic standard when you're on the Dagger Squad. We deal with an academic standard. We have our brother Unk. Um, uh, hopefully, he'll be able to jump on. I got myself, got brother Ngozi, and we're going to put the link in the chat. And we're going to have a beautiful meeting today. Beautiful meeting. Because what we're trying to do right now is I notice the pretending Israelites. And that's who the black Hebrew Israelites are. Matter of fact, everybody who claims to be an Israelite is pretending. And what I, what I want everybody to understand is that <clears throat> we are going to put our information out from an academic point of view, whether we disagree or agree, and we're going to evaluate it. So you have this brother by the name of Kelly Richardson. Yeah, Kelly, I'm calling you out because you scared of Garfield. You blocked me. I think you probably unblocked me now, you know, because you're punking out. I can't say the same for Dante Fortson because I don't know the brother. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad day for all these folks because you know what? We have some guys, some brothers and sisters in our community who are masters are specialized in certain areas. Brother Ngozi and Unk, they deal with the science, evolution, DNA. They deal with all that type of stuff. So I got my brother, Mr. E1B1A, a.k.a. Yaku, modern-day Yakub in the building, and Gozi going to be on in like another half an hour. And we have um, Brother Unk, the God killer. Then we have, of course, myself, Brother Garfield, who is the Hebrew-Israelite undertaker. Yeah, I gave myself that name, the self-described undertaker. You know, I want to say something to Brother Daniela. I want to say, brother, I apologize. You know, I apologize to brother Daniela because I looped him in with a dude that was pretty dishonest in the community. So when I was reviewing his King James scholarship, he, um, I looked at him the same way I looked at this brother named Zion Lex. And brother Zion Lex is extremely disingenuous extremely disingenuous and i'm and i'm gonna show y'all how disingenuous his brother is and we're gonna play a video um a matter of fact i'm not even gonna play the video from his channel i'm not even giving his channel i'm not even giving him a view it's a shame we have to pretend and lie to be something that we are not i'm gonna repeat that we have to lie we have to pretend we have to do all these things to try and say, hey, this is us, ladies and gentlemen. This is us. Brother Zan Lex had a discussion with my, my Hebrew teacher, Mitz. Mitzayel. And one of the problems he had was that he found someone who knew Hebrew better than he did. Never had that before in his life. So what he did was, he said, where do you live, brother? Oh, Texas, I'm going to set up a debate. That was his way to be out. Like, oh, yo, man, I, I ain't messing with this dude. I ain't messing with this dude, man. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pretend like I want to debate him and say, I'll pay for it. 
knowing that I'm not going to do shit. So let me get out of this situation and jump off and say, y'all gang it up on me. Zion Lex ain't reach out to nobody. He don't want to debate mix. It's a lie. He found somebody that whooped his ass when it come to Hebrew. All right? All right. But let me say this, though. This honest scholarship, I did put Daniela, because he's a Hebrew claimant, I looped him in. Come on in, my son. Let me see how much of a genius you are. All right. Make sure you make sure you color the nine hats. You got to color the whole thing. Okay. And then you got to create your own. Pick a number here. Right. Read the bottom and write nine and then do this. Make up your own objects. Draw nine circles. Okay. Here you go. And then we get back to you. Okay. Okay. No problem. And that's not how you ask. Okay. No problem, my son. And say hello to the people because you're interrupting the show. Say hello, people. Hello, people. What's your name? Mm-hmm. I'm married. Okay. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to get it for you. Finish that, and then we get to the chips. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm coming. I'm live. All right? Hold on. Give me a second. All right. So now, if you look at the, the screen, um, a Christian brother created a Dagger Squad logo. It's a, it's a nice little logo. But I wanted to show y'all something, right? I wanted to debate Zion so bad that I have a whole file just based on Zion Lex over almost a thousand slides. And I'm going to do something right now real quick. I'm going to show you all something real quick that the brother did that was just so goddamn dishonest. I don't know how anybody listened to this dude. No, I want you to I want you to color them. Use a green crayon. Here you go. I want you to color the hats. Okay? All the hats and then come back to me. Then we get the chips. I want y'all to look at this real quickly, right? I'm gonna show y'all something real quick. This is his book. Look at this. This is the debate he had with Shaka almost like four years ago, right? He would put up slides in the debate with Shaka. Shaka didn't know this. And he would say, hey, this source is in Jeremy Black. It's not there. Then he said, I'll go to my book. My book is a source. Then he posted this right here. It's not in Jeremy Black's book again. Then he posted this and said, oh, this is in the first civilization of the legacy of Sumer. It's not in that book. Then he did it again, posted more stuff. It's in Karen Radner's book, right? But what, I, what I'm trying to tell everybody is this. Give me this. Come here. All right, then do this one right here. Put a number and then draw, draw um, a circle for each number that you put. All right. So then this is where we found this picture in this book. See, the dawn of civilization. Well, he said it was in Jeremy Black's book. This is the type of dishonesty this dude will do just to get fame, just to get views, just to get clout, just to get, hey, I beat you in a debate. Jeremy Black, the the ancient literature, the literature of ancient Sumer, this wasn't there. This is what exposed him and had him running for years. Then he stole this off a wiki right here. Then he put it like it's his own work and put the 42 minor gods of the Anunnaki when this is the original. 
Come on, family. We got to do better. So hold on, Amir. Let me get you this real quick. And what, what I'm doing is, family, I'm saying this to everybody. Don't trust this dude for nothing. So now he puts up a video. Hold on, Poppy. Let me put this video up real quick. He puts up a video with Remy Yona, a dude who, um, if y'all know Raw Bond from the um, from the NBK, um, he put up a video and said, hey, that's such and such, such and such, right? And I'm trying to tell y'all, is this, okay, hold on. Stand up over there. I'm coming. Let me let me put this video on real quick. All right. So what I'm gonna do in the meantime? Let me take care of my son real quickly. I'm gonna show how dishonest these Hebrews are in 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 honor, how they lie about sources, how they make up stuff, and how what they put out you should never listen to. These people are liars for a religion, liars for a belief, liars just to try to say, hey, I'm a Jew, I'm a Hebrew. You don't have to lie. What are you lying for? If that's who you are, show and prove. We don't need to do nothing. It is what it is. Did you, don't you hear what I said? You think was left up in the air? Huh? You don't think the whole greetings? Last Wednesday, Pastor Kelly Richardson posted a video on his We Woke Now account titled "Quote Nothing to Prove, No More Talk." End quote. In which he seemed to clearly close the door to further discussion on the topic of the pews at First African Baptist Church in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, nonetheless, I wanted to make a quick video, a quick and short video, responding to some of the things he briefly said on the topic of the pews, including a small portion which mentioned me specifically. So let's begin. Leave these guys alone. After today, this discussion is dead with them. Because even what vocab is getting ready to do tomorrow, right? He's going to do a video by saying that the writings on the pews, right, in, uh, in um, Savannah is not Hebrew. That is Arabic. But I encourage you to go back and look at the video that I did, Identity Theft, and I give you some information to completely debunk what he's talking about. First, a quick note is in order here. Vocab does not claim that the markings on the pews are Arabic. Pastor Richardson might have in mind a methodological thought experiment I presented, which I'll touch on in a bit. Uh, if so, that was merely to show what a proper approach to demonstrating discernible language on the pews might look like. Pastor Richardson, with all due respect to him, did not, quote, completely debunk, end quote, that thought experiment, that argument. Uh, with all due respect to him, it seems he didn't even understand the thought experiment, much less adequately address it. His attempted debunking was him noting that a website for the church, which vocab has also mentioned, now claims the markings are Arabic, but the church used to claim that the markings were Hebrew. With that change in mind, Pastor Richardson has attempted to impugn the motivations of the people responsible. Uh, what Pastor Richardson has never done, however, is present a video which actually gets into the markings on the pews and show the alleged language therein. 
And that's curious, to put it mildly. I'm sorry, family. That's the wrong video. So what I'm going to do is, I'm sorry. Give me a second here. I'm going to play a video, right? And the video, there's a scholar that they use, right? And the scholar disagrees with them, but they lied and said the scholar agreed with them just to try and be right. This is the length of people it'll do just to try to play and try to be a Jew. This is what they'll do. This is what these guys do, family. They lie just to try and be a Jew. Do you see yonder cloud that's almost in shape of a camel? Quite a mess, and it's like a camel indeed. I think to turn a lighthearted suggestion into some sort of Watch this. This is the scholar that they use to try to say the pews say something in Hebrew. This is the guy right here. This is how brilliant he is. And 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 hold on a second. Let me let me let me freeze this for a second. Right? The pews discussion. Look at who's involved. Minister Dante, Sister E, Minister Yakoba, Pastor Kelly, and Benya Israel. These pretending Israelites want to lie and deceive to make a point. Look at this. That Professor Bunis has even confirmed a rather complex sentence on that pew, roughly along the lines of... Take a grass of Yah or God, Israel, with a bass voice. This impression that people have begins with a panel discussion that took place on the Boom Church Atlanta channel back on Sunday, November 22nd. However, if you watch the show carefully, only one email from Professor Bunis was displayed, which is the email you see on the screen now. Notice that the email never mentions the Solitreo script and it does not endorse any sentence. Rather, it suggests only a single word. Now, I realize that at this point, some might wish to object that maybe Professor Bunis said it was Solitreo script and maybe he endorsed the complex sentence uh, that Pastor Majors put forth in other emails, which is to say emails that Pastor Majors didn't share. However, <laughs> others might wonder if that's the case, why would Pastor Majors refrain from sharing those emails? You know, I would respectfully understand if as a matter of principle, he chose not to share any emails. But the fact is that he did share one email and it begs the question, if he had emails with more clear and explicit confirmations of his position, why would he not share those emails? Still others might argue that we don't need to see other emails as that one email that we did see is clear enough. They might argue that the word also implies somehow that he agrees with everything shown to him previously, which is to say the idea that Solitreo script appears on the pew as well as Benaya's uh, interpretation of the markings forming a complex sentence. With all due respect, I feel that many others would not be so confident about that. Truthfully, I, I must confess, it would be unfortunate if all we had to work with were competing interpretations of a single somewhat vague email or speculations about what may or may not have been said in emails we haven't seen. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who would prefer more clarity here. Well, <laughs> with that in mind, Permit me to share that an email was sent to Professor Bunis to get some clarification on the impression some are under, and as luck would have it, he replied.
and on your screen is his reply to that email. Permit me to read it to you. Quote, thanks for your questions. No, I didn't say the script was solitreo, but I did say that it looked to me like the inscription could say Yisrael in regular square script. Of course, I may be wrong. Best wishes, David. End quote. The first thing that needs to be noted is that he did not take the position that Solitreo script appears on the pews. Second, it seems clear that he did not suggest any content beyond what we saw in the one email which was shared during the panel discussion back on November 22nd, which is to say he did not endorse a complex sentence, rather he only suggested a single word. Third, regarding that single word, it's worthwhile to ask this question. Why would Dr. Bunis add the caveat that he may be wrong, even in the suggestion of that one word. The reason why is because he's not offering a definitive conclusion from his you know, scholarly expertise. Rather, he's offering what might be one possible interpretation of a set of vague markings, which can be interpreted in a variety of ways. That careful note also works against those who desire to take his previous words to mean that the matter is closed and that no one should ask questions or try to explore the matter for themselves. Also, it's my understanding that Dr. Bunis has also written to Pastor Majors, making it clear that he did not think Solitreo's script appears on the pew, uh, that which he saw pictures of, and that Yisrael is the extent of what he thinks might appear on that pew. It's my sincere hope that Pastor Majors might share more from his correspondences with Dr. Bunis, though, of course, I can see that he's under no obligation to do so, and I will respect his decision if he decides not to share more. Nonetheless, I, I hope he shares more, you know, including any emails he might have received since that show on the 22nd. Uh, whatever the case, let's return to the question of what Dr. Bunis was looking at. This is tacitly the angle from which Benaiah's two public posts examine the relevant pew. Now, as a, as a disclaimer, I'm not saying that, you know, either Benaiah's private examinations or his future posts on the subject have to be limited to this vantage point. Rather, I'm simply saying that what he shared publicly and what Pastor Majors embraced during that Boom Church panel discussion back on the 22nd viewed the pew from this angle and proposed a string of characters moving from left to right, not right to left, but left to right, reading Kof Chet Chet, Wa Yod Yod, Bet Bet Chet. Now, where might one find Israel in that? It seems obvious to me that Professor Bunis did not see anything when looking at the pew from this angle. Rather, he viewed it from another angle, which is 180 degrees different. Looking at it like this, and as I had speculated in my previous video, Professor Bunis was basing his suggestion on similarities to characters in the Ashuri script, not the Solitreo script, but the Ashuri script, which is also known as the square script or the block script, you know, what is now the standard Hebrew script. And there are two portions that look like an Ashuri Sin and an Ashuri Lamed. So how do you get Israel from that? Well, it looks like there might be one character before the sin, or what's proposed to be the sin, and two characters before the Lamed. Some might not feel that's a lot to work with, but we should note that any experienced reader has a long history of inferring words from partial data. That is to say, the reason any adult, including all of you who are listening in now, the reason any adult who has 
been literate for many years can read as fast as they do is because when they read, they don't stop to carefully inspect every letter in every word. Rather, they're often only seeing parts of each word and inferring what word it is from the way that fleeting glimpse matches familiar patterns, you know, or patterns they're familiar with. Uh, most of the time we get it right, but this also explains why most of us occasionally read things wrongly, experiencing a sort of sleight of mind where after a double take of sorts, we realize a word or phrase we thought we saw a second ago is not actually on the page. Now, some viewers might have felt that the scenario at the beginning of this video where a meteorologist offers a light suggestion regarding the shape of a cloud in the sky was disanalogous. But I would propose that the process of mentally associating cloud forms with familiar shapes is related to the process of mentally associating some vague markings with familiar strings of characters. In either case, the mind is pulling up something one is accustomed to based on select features or common patterns or familiar patterns. But the main point of the, anal the analogy is this. If someone says, quote, it seems to me that you could see, end quote, something, you know, it's at least possible that, that with that sort of language, they're trying to convey to you the room for doubt and uncertainty or the margin of error, as it were. Uh, it can be somewhat lighthearted, a lighthearted suggestion, as I said earlier, uh, regarding one interpretation from amongst multiple possible interpretations. That said, I'll close with this. Moving forward, I would ask that we please dispense with these attempts to treat suggestions like dogma. There have been people recently who have been arguing along the lines of the experts have spoken, the matter is closed, let any mere student of the language step back and remain silent. I mean, that's essentially what people have been saying to me. And they were saying that under the influence of some of the videos that are out there, but rather than looking for excuses to attempt to shut down dialogue and avoid further examination of the pews, I would ask that we continue to examine the markings thereon and to discuss what we feel we see where we agree and where we disagree. I think that's the best way to move forward. Treat it like an academic subject and just share what we, how we understand it. And in that regard, that's why I've been so appreciative of the efforts of Benaya Israel. If you guys notice something about this video, right? Let's go back to the beginning. If you notice something, why are black Hebrew Israelites going to the white man who is the Ashkenazi are the fake Hebrew Israelite to prove that something is Hebrew. Ask yourself this question right now. This is the pure hypocrisy of these guys. The white man don't want us to know the truth, but you're running to him for truth. What is going on here? What is going on? Now, let me um, back up a little bit. Let me, let me get um, faithful to God's video. Let me go back to his channel now. And I'm going to show you another video. Look at this video right here. Right here. Here we go. This is the dagger of all daggers. Greetings. 
I wanted to make one more quick video to clarify a few things. First, I want to show how much emphasis Pastor Majors put on Professor Bunis's purported confirmation during that uh, Boom Church panel discussion back on November 22nd. Then I want to share a few more clarifications which Professor Bunis has put forth via email. So here I'm going to show a couple minutes of footage from the Boom Church panel discussion, which, as I said, took place on Sunday, November 22nd. Uh, note in particular, as you watch this, note how Pastor Majors asserts that Professor Bunis confirmed Beniah Israel's interpretation of the markings. Note how Pastor Majors says Professor Bunis backs the sentence that he presented. Note how he insinuates that it is this scholar who enables him to say what is on the pew. And note the way he treats this as practically a mic drop of a moment. Here you go. But he actually confirmed that what you're saying and what the, how you translated it was actually correct in how you translated it. So not only did it confirm what it sees, what, what it says here in, you know, take or grasp the way of the Lord or God, um, he confirms the way you laid it out. And so um, we go to the next slide here, um, and so this is another aspect of it because we had it tilted from you know um, in landscape, but now this is vertical. The actual picture of it, so it kind of gives you more of a, a understanding of it. But so what, after all of that in the package sent to him, not only did you bring out, but he also it showed there was some other aspects within the pews that we didn't that we didn't know, and it says here. Thanks for the new look. Thanks for the new look at the characters. Looking at it, that says, it seems to me that you could also see Yisrael in the characters or in the pews. So not only does it say, take a grasp of God, but it says, take a grasp of Yah or God Israel with a bass voice, as you put it, or with a loud voice, meaning praise him loudly. That's what this means. So uh, Abu asked, can we find a coherent sentence? Well, yeah, we just did. And not only that, we got a scholar to back it. And so at this point, I think all of y'all, all of y'all owe Pastor Kelly an apology. Not only do I think all of y'all owe Pastor Kelly an apology publicly, the same way you did those videos refuting the pews and it being Arabic, and the same way you was clowning them because he couldn't read Hebrew, and the same way you trying to say that a, a, a clowning about a, a jet match and all this other stuff, y'all need to issue a public apology and you need to delete all of your videos because those videos are false. Now we got a real video from a real information from a real scholar to be able to say what's on the pews. With that, I don't have nothing else to say, y'all. Okay, so with those clips in mind, let's now look at some emails from Professor Boonies himself. I'm going to show three emails, one of which someone shared with me and the other two which were sent directly to me. The first email is actually one which Professor Boonies sent to Pastor Majors, and he sent it to him a week ago. It reads as follows, quote, Dear Will, Sorry not to get back to you after you wrote again. I'm very busy with a project I've got to finish up and it's leaving me no time for anything else. I received an email from someone called, name redacted, I'll forward it. Maybe you've been in touch with him. He says he also thinks the inscription could say Yisrael, but we both think it's not in Solitreo script, but in regular Hebrew square letters. Best wishes, David. What's significant about that email is 
that he explicitly states that he does not think the pew he examined contains Solitreo's script. Recall that the reason Pastor Majors reached out to specifically Professor David Bunis is because of his background with Solitreo. Different members of that Boom Church panel had even watched Bunis teach uh, the Solitreo writing system. So I I really want to ask, can we agree that it would have been preferable that Pastor Majors also had shared that Bunis had told him explicitly that he did not consider the markings to constitute Solitreo script? Being that he sat on that email for a week, I hope it would at least be understandable and even forgivable if some wonder what else he might have kept to himself. But that aside, moving on, this is the second email which was uh, that I'm going to show. And uh, this particular email was sent to someone else, but Professor Bunis copied both me and Pastor Majors. And uh, this email reads as follows. Thanks for your email. Quote, thanks for your email. When I expressed a few hesitant words about what was written on the church pew, I had no idea it would help cause such a furor locally and maybe beyond. When I first saw the inscription, I thought it might be Arabic script. Then after seeing some interpretations by others, it seemed to me that one might be able to read the Hebrew word Yisrael, that is Israel in it. I am far from sure about this, nor do I think that what seems to be some kind of inscription on the pew is in Solitreo script or is necessarily in Hebrew at all. Judging from the reactions I've been receiving, my words were rather misrepresented by on William Brown's program. Only part of our email correspondence was presented, and even that seems to have been partly misinterpreted. Peace to all from Jerusalem, cordially David Burns, end quote. In this second email, Professor Bunis again makes clear that he does not think Solitreo script appeared on that pew. Also significant, in case some thought his suggestion that Yisrael or Israel appears on the pew might suffice as confirmation that Hebrew appears on the pew, in this second email, Professor Bunis made clear that he is far from sure about that. He also notes that he is not saying Hebrew of any sort necessarily appears on that pew at all. In short, when he made that suggestion about, about Israel, the word Israel, he was not making any sort of firm declaration. Rather, he was offering a soft suggestion for one possible interpretation of markings that can be interpreted in a variety of ways. And with that, finally, we turn to the third email. And this is an email which was sent directly to me by Professor Bunis. And it reads as follows, quote, Dear Mr. Alman Hatani or Abdel Messi, thanks for your email. I'm sorry it took a while for me to reply. Basically, I confirm your understanding of my correspondence with William Brown. As I had written him in the beginning, the letters looked more Arabic than Hebrew to me, but I'm certainly no authority in Arabic paleography. Before writing you, I spoke with someone very familiar with the various Arabic and Hebrew scripts, and he was unable to read any Arabic or, frankly, Hebrew words out of the church pew inscriptions. When someone who had uh, looked at the inscription showed us how he thought the Hebrew word for Israel or Yisrael might be read out of it, it looked to me like it might possibly be so, although I could not see this clearly without the markings and darkenings that he evidently added. Okay, and this next portion here, this is him quoting a portion of the email that I had sent to him. So he's quoting me here. To your questions, 
Did you, in fact, reach a firm conclusion that a discernible Hebrew phrase is on the relevant pew, or did you merely suggest possible interpretations of a collection of markings open to multiple interpretations? And did you support a reading that could be translated, take grasp of the Lord, etc.? If so, can you share what the precise Hebrew phrase was, which was translated that way? And now here's his reply. My reply is, no, I definitely did not reach a firm conclusion to the effect. And yes, I think that at most, the markings are open to multiple interpretations. I certainly cannot make any connection between the English phrase you cited and any Hebrew expression I can think of." End quote. First and foremost, what's significant here in this third email is that Professor Bunis makes very clear that he never endorsed that complex sentence Pastor Major claimed that he agreed with. He also alludes to how his less than firm suggestion that Israel might appear on the pew was rooted more in Benaiah's highlights than the markings themselves. And I can certainly understand that as, for example, what might look like an Ashuri Lamed from Benaiah's highlights will not look like such without those highlights. Now, I'm not attributing some sort of uh, deception to Benaiah. I'm just saying the way he highlighted the pew, it's easy to see how someone else might see something that isn't actually there. And I would say unwittingly, including on Benaiah's part, unwittingly. Uh, that aside, whatever the case, to sum up, that Boom Church panel's portion on David Bunis was the part of the discussion that generated by far the most excitement. It convinced more than a few people that a scholar had definitively settled the matter. Pastor Majors himself said there was nothing more to say after that. But now we know that Professor Bunis's position was badly misrepresented. Before I close on a lighter note, on a more fun note, uh, permit me to share that when I read that Bunis initially told Majors that the text looked to him more like Arabic, I thought to myself, you know, man, I, I wish Majors had shared that fun detail. Whatever the case, on the topic of Arabic, I'm guessing that some might find interesting that last email, including a portion which made mention of a person quite familiar with Arabic, not seeing any Arabic on the relevant pew. Although, fair, you know, to be fair, it says the same person didn't see any Hebrew either. Uh, nonetheless, that's worth mentioning because it's my understanding that both Pastor Majors and Pastor Kelly Richardson intend to release a video soon, perhaps as early as this weekend, seeking to refute the claim that Arabic appears on the pews. While I'm not yet sure if they intend to attribute that position to me or just to the staff of the church down there in Savannah, uh, if they try to present that as my position, they'll be attacking a straw man. Uh, both of them have made clear that they saw my appearance on Berean TV back on November 15th, which was the previous Sunday, one week before that uh, Boom Church panel discussion. And uh, so being as they both watched uh, my appearance on Berean TV, it's. You see, the reason why I'm playing this video by my brother Abu is that I'm showing you the length of what these crazy pretending Israelites are willing to do. The guy was totally deceptive. Or oh, the scholar said, you remember when um, Emily Tita and I had the conversation and I put it on the ear? I had to hold that interview back for a little bit, right? Before I put it out in the public. But the, the, the issue was, at least she's speaking and you could hear her words. Somebody's emailing your scholar. For example, the ya in the, in the, um, on the slave voyages. Right? And as a matter of fact, I don't even need to put Abu anymore. I need, I, I need to stop sharing. All right. 
So yeah, let me um put the link in the chat. Let me get my brother and Gozi in here. And um, I'm, I'm trying to tell y'all this straight up, family. I'm going to try to tell y'all this straight up. These guys are deceptive. Deceptive. They are liars. And what happened is they have the guy by the name of Dante Fortson. He got a little audience. So every time he does something, he get a little something, something views. He get a little views. And what happened is it puts... What he's saying, like, oh, you know what? This is all truth. So we need to rock with this. No, you don't need to rock with anything. It's a lie. It's a lie, fam. Have the guy by the name of, it's a lie. All right? That's all I'm going to tell y'all. It's a lie. Them dudes lie. That's all they do is lie. So let me get my brother and goes in here. And um, whoever on the other side want to come in and refute what, we're saying regarding the pews, we could have that dialogue anytime, anytime. And that's why I show Zion Lex at the beginning, because he's interviewing um, um, Yona, Remy Yona, who blocked Rob on me one time. Well, I'm not blocked anymore from his page, but blocked us and deleted a whole post because this dude has 0.02% of Levantine DNA, ladies and gentlemen. He got 99.8% West and Central African markers. But he wants to claim not the 99.8. He wants to claim the 0.02%. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And this is why you are not successful as a people. Because we are pretending to be who we are not. We're pretending to be Muslims. We're pretending to be Israelites. We're pretending to be Christians. We're pretending to be all of that. Those things are not culturally a part of us. No disrespect intended. It's just the truth. If you want to believe in all of that, but stop trying to proselytize and bring people into your madness. Because once you do, Goffy is going to hunt you. Remember when Kibbutan said, me I go hunt you, hunt you, hunt you, hunt you. Family, we going to hunt all these pretending Israelites. Zion Lex, Dante Fortson, Kelly Richardson, the Hebrew to Negroes dude. All of them are pretending and trying to make money off claiming to be Israelites. Because you got to ask yourself, what is the end game here? What is the end game? Let's think about it. What is the end game of claiming to be an Israelite? Remember, most of them are butthurt from the church. The pastor slept with their wife, so they mad. So they left the church. And they're mad with the church. So now they join a movement that says, oh, we are the chosen. It's really about us. Where was the Bible written? You know how Garfield could tell you the Bible is not about you? There was no Bible in the BC era. No believer had an entire Bible walking around saying, this is the Bible. Nobody. Who, who did? Who had the Bible? Who had the Bible? Family, there's five to seven to ten different groups who followed some sort of Yahwism, which eventually became Judaism. Who? Tell me who. 
who is on the right path. Come on. Who is on the right path? Or oh, we doing for the people. Well, we do for the people too. So what, what, what happened? Do you have to be a Hebrew to do for the people? Do you have to be a Christian to do for the people? I already told y'all, Christians have their own political party unwittingly and don't even know about it. Christian, the black church is a political party. That's all it's become. Because the Democrats use them every single election. They're a political voting block, the black church. Who are we voting for? Biden. Who are we voting for? Trump. Who are we voting for? The Christian church is a black political party. And that's what they are. They are the number one networking group in the black community. That's it. The black church has the ability to do more because more black people are a part of it. So you're going to see more benefits. They're going to feed the homeless more. They're going to help people who need help with their mortgages and rent more. They're going to help more. Hold on. Let me take this call real quick, family. Hold on one second. Okay. It ain't trade sales. See them holes in it? You put that on your product and your goods. So right, well, come on, man, close that. Yeah, so you, you know what I mean? It's always about trading and commerce. Just before you start getting the, the, the super spiritual spooky. Right, so this first, the verse, first right was dealing with commerce. I just want to throw that out there, throw that out there. But yeah, you're right, signs are predictive. Absolutely. Charles Darwin work was predictive. He predicted, right, that wherever you found the oldest of something, right, you would find you would find an ancestor. Let me say this correctly. He was basically saying when you find extinct, something that is extinct, you can pretty much understand that that's where the thing come from. So he found like extinct, he found extinct apes. He considered chimpanzees and them to be the cousins of humans. Mm -hmm. Right, and you could go back wherever he would go around because you know he went around the world and he would find these old bones of things, you know, what I'm saying that are no longer in that form, you're extinct, they're gone. But he could tell where things was coming from, meaning he found something, he would find like a like, like a like, like certain fossils, and then he would find a thing that was living today that was totally different from that fossil. So he could pretty much predict based off of seeing that. He understood, right, that his theory was was dealing with all living organisms. Now he didn't mention the humans because he was because he was doing a time where people was just, you know, they acting like they act today, ten times ten times over. They probably try to kill you. So people's minds wasn't even ready. So so that's why I say we're not mature because 
you know, a lot of times we're not ready for the for the truth and the answers. You know, so when Corey when he starts talking about the cosmos and they talking about the, the first second, whatever it is, like you can't imagine that. When, when I try to be funny and say, yeah, we you could tell we came from something with tails, because you can. You just look, you go in the mirror and look, look at the go go uh type in the internet skeleton, coxie bone. So I just want to add, science is predictive. That's why they can predict what a damn vaccine gonna do to you, yo. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just throw this out there, um, right? Just I'm gonna just throw it out there and run, right? I was uh reading that um uh that one by Richard Dawkins, the uh the ancestor tale. My man said hippos are the closest living relatives uh to whales. To whales, yo, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was reading yeah. that. I was reading that ancestor <laughs> tale. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they up. go through it, man. That's a real good, that's a real good detailed book. Like, I recommend getting the audio with that because that's a that's a thick one there. And, and uh, you know, it's diagrams and everything that come with it on the PDF too. So it's a real, that's a really, really good read. I, I recommend that. But you would never- like, If you want to, especially if you want to know about like the human genome and, and just evolution period, you know what I mean? Just the whole biology, like it goes, it runs through it like really clearly. But you would never, you never, you would never think that, right? Like hippos and whales. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They, they said, you know, I didn't, they they were hooved animals that went back into the water, and you can see that the, you know, in retrospect, you can see the intermediary. You know that that hippos is kind of the intermediary from you know in that family. You know, I'm about to source up though. I heard you. You said source up. I got you. <laughs> so you know we want to be the. I got you. Developing them folders. I got you. Hold on, let me uh. Watch it, man. This is supposed to be educational. I got you. Got to build a folder. That's how I do it. That's how I knew who was making up shit because I had a folder shit I was looking up. I would take a, you know, I take information and categorize it, and then go take the time and look it up, and that's how I know, you, you know, they was making it up. I put it in the, um, well, I, you know, I got the live science, John. I put it in the chat. Hold on, let me see about. Hey, I want um, man, somebody can put that in there. All right, all right. Peace and love, peace and love, family. Peace and love. This is brother Garfield. I want to say peace and love to everybody in the chat. And um, I want to say, hey, Sheffrin, what's up, man? Oh, let me get out the link too, man. Sheffrin, 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 Sheffrin. All right, so Ngozi's about to come on. And I want to say to everybody that's watching, one of the main problems with our community is we're fighting. You don't need to fight. If you're an Israelite by lineage, you shouldn't be arguing with anybody. You shouldn't be arguing with anybody. If that's what you are, that's what you are. Michael Edwards used to always tell me, I'm an Israelite by faith. That's what he says. I'm an Israelite by faith. That's what he's saying. And I can't argue with him. If that's your faith, you keep it to yourself. But you're going around proselytizing. Garfield going to hunt your ass down. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying to everybody out there, pay attention and listen to what we're saying today. 
All right. Listen to what my brother Unc is saying. Listen to what my brother Sean is saying. Listen to what brother Garfield is saying. Listen to what Ngozi is saying. And we're going to try and do our best to make this presentation um, good for our people. Hey, peace and love, bro. I got you in the um in the in the title today. I want you to come on. Don't laugh. I'm gonna put you on speaker right now. I'm gonna put you on speaker so everybody could hear your ass laughing. Come on the show, man. It's me, you, and Ngozi, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Send a link. Send a link to my phone, yo. All right. Damn, how am I send it? Anyway, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send it to Facebook. I'm gonna send it to Facebook. All right. Hey Sean, do me a favor, cause you are you are you are you into electronics. Just copy the link and send it to Ong for me, please. Bye. Uh, yeah, what's on your mind, my brother? What's on your mind? I can do it for you, brother. I got you. All right. You got uh, Savio, you got it. You got Ong's phone number? I'm texting it to Ong. Yeah, don't worry about it, Savio. Yeah, um, go ahead, go ahead, my brother. Not much, man. I just find it ironic that uh our people have a problem with with correction, you know what I mean? They want to put this stuff out in the air and then they want to say that we're unable to actually critique the work. And I find that that is a, that's a huge issue. You know, like it's okay for y'all to make mistakes. You know what I mean? But if you keep making the same mistake over and over and you, like you said, proselytizing it and trying to, uh, you know, be missionaries for your cause, then yeah, we gonna get defensive and fight back. Like, yo, that ain't how things go, bro. You know what I'm saying? You see, last night, I'm gonna tell y'all this right now, man. Cause um, I'm actually gonna meet up with Sarnetta Thursday. And Unc, since you're on the ear, I, I would love for me, you, and um, brother Ngozi, because we really need to nail this Lemba Ethiopian Jewish connection. They, they, they hanging on to, it's like we cut the whole body up. And that little toe is still wiggling. And the wiggling is they try to use DNA and Lemba and all that stuff. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. But me, you, and, and, and Ngozi, we probably got to go on Sarnetta soon and do a whole show on that and blast them, do a live stream and bring out all our information. We got to get our slides together and everything and do a show like that. Because what happened is DNA and, and is, is this guy Hebrew to Negroes, this guy, that did the documentary is trying to say that we are E1B1A and the people in the Middle East is E1B1B. And that's what he's trying to do, confusing the masses, the people who are gravitating to this belief that they are Hebrew Israelites. It's, it's crazy. And, and, and it's not sad. because Somebody I don't saying this up. or the, uh, the same dude from Houston saying this, Garfield? All of them saying this bullshit. All of them I don't know who did the documentary, though. You know what I'm Hebrew saying? You saying in the it's this dude by the name of... Um, Oh man, he just, he just, I just got a link to for his YouTube. Hold on one second. I just got a notification. Is he the same dude that Jeremiah used, the dude from Houston? Nah, no that's source? a different dude. That's, that's a good dude, but he's just misguided. He needs to like have a conversation with us. You see, the thing, the thing with DNA that kills everything is that the, 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 the molecular clock. Uh, yeah. Kills them every time, brother, brother Corey, brother Unk. It kills them every time, beloved, because guess what happened? They don't understand it, and they don't understand. This is what they don't understand, too, that E1B1A have different type of E1B1A. It's not one. I mean, I'm using E1B1A, which is the outdated term, 
for those who are just getting into the DNA, you know what we mean, E3A. But the point I'm trying to make is, if you're saying you connected because, hey, hey Ramesses the third got that, it's, no, it's not the same from the same root as far as far as what we have. We from Western Central Africa been here, we could trace it back literally up to 14,000 years. That's before a Hebrew or Israelite was ever born or even thought of. And we could do that through science. Yeah, man. Go ahead, on. Add on, man. I don't want to hog the mic. Add on. No, you ain't hogging the mic. Go ahead. I'm listening to you. Yeah. So what I want, what I want to emphasize to everybody, if you claim to be an Israelite by faith, I'm not talking to you. That's your faith. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rocking with you. If you want to claim that you are connected to Shem and you're a descendant lineage from Shem, you have a problem. His name is Garfield. Because what we're going to realize is Shem, Ham, and Japheth are eponymous ancestors. If they are eponymous ancestors, that means they were created through a, what's called a literary trope, T-R-O-P-E, for those who don't know what a trope is. And what that literary trope does, it allows you to create a narrative of where you're from. And what happened is, and Unk talks about, Unk been talking about this for 15 years. These people live in a land and they just all over the place, and a bunch of them, that's like me, you, and Sean, Masi, Amira Squad, the Pseudo Killers, Dagger Squad, we decided to separate ourselves from the entire black community because of pseudoism. We decided to separate ourselves. We will no longer support the information of Bobby Hemet, and I'm not, nothing against Bobby Hemet, that's my dude, nothing against Phil Valentine, nothing against the people who push this type of information that we would consider pseudo-isms. We're not disrespecting the elders or anything like that. We are separating ourselves from them, meaning that we are not endorsing 99.9% of the information from these people. And I'm speaking for Unk. I'm speaking for, for, for my brother, Sean. I'm speaking for Corey. And if, I'm, if they disagree, they could always jump in and say, nah, man, I rock it. I'm rocking with the spookism from Phil Valentine. If they I'm want rocking to interrupt with you me, too. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a cutoff right now because I'm the cutoff artist. I'll take a cutoff right now. So, Corey, if I'm wrong, yeah, you laughing. Come on up in here and say, yeah. Well, Phil Valentine did say, yeah. He said we're living on a flat plane, the ultimate plane oh. or whatever. He said, God. if you rock with that, you have a problem with the information from the Dagger Squad, Pseudo Killers, Amira Squad, and Masiwar. That's it. So, we are separating so ourselves. And that's all so the like Yeah, go ahead. To me, an elder is somebody who is wise and can, and can determine right from wrong. All right? I'm going to say that and hold on for one second. How much that... Yeah, Where yeah I can't rock on? with Phil Valentine's Garfield. He 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 told everybody to paint their walls with lead paint. So you know yeah, I, that, that worked for me though. Oh, you're not kidding. It worked. <laughs> 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 Hell no. Yo, let me tell you something. Let me tell y'all something, man. I tell this story so many times, but no, nah, I'm not gonna tell it again. But I'm gonna tell you, I used to be the biggest Phil Valentine. I don't think I've ever said that on the air. 1995, 96. 97 98 he helped me get out of religion in a sense because he was rocking with Kemet when people really wasn't rocking with Kemet like how they are today so you're talking about i'm not talking about dr ben type Kemet. i'm talking about the, the dudes that took on the spirituality and wanted to remix it and refix it and do whatever phil valentine was my dude 
You can't say nothing. Even, even now when I text him in, in his inbox, I'm still respectful. I'm still like standoffish because this is like the Phil Valentine, the guy, you know? And <laughs> but boy, he was, yo, looking back, man, I don't know if he's, if they have like a conference call where they're like, yo, we're going to push this craziness this week. We're going to push this craziness next week. I'm trying to figure out where do they get this information from? Because Phil Valentine and Bobby always say, my sources, who are your sources? And they used to act like their sources are secret. I'm <laughs> like, no. Oh. <laughs> well, you funny, yo. yo, that is funny, man. But hey, hey Unc, I want to say last night, I think we got to do, I don't know if we need to do a back to basics presentation. I don't know if our people are really that dumbed down. I'm not calling them dumb, dumbed down where they can't think. And it seems like it's a lot of personality. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of personalities that say, hey, I don't like Unc, so I'm not even going to rock with his information. It's too much of that going on. Too much of that. And I think we, I don't know what to say about this pyramid stuff. I think Dr. Mayat already laid this to rest on, on Sarnetta's channel. She got over 30,000 views, I think. And she did a whole presentation of how it was created and how we, the math and everything. I don't know what the problem is. I think we rather, we rather not give black folks credit. We don't want to give indigenous black people any credit. We rather rock with the white man who said, nah, it's not black people, it's the aliens. It's the aliens that did it because black people couldn't do it. Yo, when, when we had Napta Playa, Unc, and Napta Playa, there's no doubt Napta Playa is, is connected to, um, to, to, to the stars in some shape or form. Some of it is. Some of the technology or how they set the stones is connected to the stars. That is actually... Yeah, they were trying to get... Yeah, they were trying to get close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they were trying, trying to get... To you know, they, they, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's an observatory. Go ahead. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out though how we want to give aliens credit instead of our own people, bro. What? What? What is? What is, uh, what is I, going I, on? Why, why don't you just say it's the fucking aliens instead of playing with me for three straight hours? How about that? Just say it. <laughs> we can deal with it, right? But 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 what that conversation showed me, Garfield, you supposed to have been there as a judge, though, bro. You kind of let me down. No, I had a I had a conference call, man. I had to be. No, you gotta tell him. You gotta tell him you got business. He couldn't do it. <laughs> No, 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 I told him, I told him, I told I texted him that. I told him, I said, I'm on a no, you got to tell a conference call that. You got to tell a conference call that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Nah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I should have been there. You know that I'm already. I'm joking, bro. I'm yeah, joking, I, know, bro. I, know, I know, But so we, the, what the real issue is, is that we don't have qualified people to even judge these conversations. And so you, you're right about back to the basics. You feel me? So I don't, I mean, he was really on the alien shit and then he lied. I think we found the video. Sean sort of found the video. When I uh, uh, distinctly said, look, so we're going to have this conversation over who built the pyramids and when was they built? What time was they built? And the brother agreed to that. He came on there and switched the whole fucking conversation up. Mm -mm -mm. All right? He didn't do it. So, you know, but what I did see was is that the judges was really weren't qualified, right? They, they don't know the difference between a person grabbing a mythological stellar, right? And mythological writings or... or, or, or Anachronisms, right? Uh, put together a thousand years after the building was actually made. They don't, they don't understand none of that. Yeah. Okay. So you know, he just said he ran amok. Yeah. Right? He ran amok. And, so and in the debate, too, for him, Unc, I got to cut you off and say this. 
he is anti-African. He is. Yeah. If you claim the, Israel, the, the, the Egyptians did not build the pyramids, you are anti-African. Don't claim Kemet and have the name Amenhotep or whatever the hell you call yourself, and you try to say they didn't do it when they wrote in their writings that they are responsible. No, no, no. Don't confuse this guy, Garfield. This guy said that the pyramids was built before the reign of Khufu. He wouldn't attest to who built the pyramids. He's just saying that Khufu had to stumble upon the pyramids. Huh? And that the pyramids were really built for uh, uh, Osiris, Osiris and Aset. That's what he is claiming. If these are demigods, not real people, <laughs> then who built them for them? <laughs> He's saying that they got a 10,000 year date or something. He said that once before. I got to go find that because he ain't trying to hunker down on that. Hey. And people letting him off the leash. Now, I got the Kyle video. I'm going to hey, put it in the Zoom it. chat Hold if you want to show it. I want no tea. Sean, I want no tea. Sean, you remember what? when you remember when we went on Polite's panel? Yep. Right? And you gave him that information because they're trying to use that Robert Schott stuff, which is outdated, where he talked about the water erosion. I heard Jeremiah saying it, and then he tried to flip and bring up the debate with Schott. I don't know why y'all even went over there. You know, because at the end of the day, them dudes made it, they planned it in a way that you would even win the debate. That's how they planned it. So I'm saying, I'm saying to you and to Sean, I don't know what we need to do to tell the community that we are separating ourselves from these crazy people. And what started my mindset is when Jabari did that debate. Because when Jabari did that debate, we had to separate ourselves from Jabari's mindset of how he thinks. Whether we like Jabari or not, when it comes to some of that Christian stuff, he, he's, he's just way out there. He's on some Phil Valentine type stuff. I'm not into that. So all I'm saying, I'm not disrespecting Jabari, so nobody go back and say, Golf, you talking about you? No, I'm just saying, some of the information that my brother comes with, I just don't rock with. And I'm not going to support information that's just crazy and pseudo. I'm not doing it. Just because that, I like that's you. That's right, exactly. Because I like you, Unc. That don't mean you're going to come here and tell me some aliens flew over the United States and drop the Hebrews off, and that's how the native Indians are now Israelites. I'm gonna rock <laughs> because your name is Kankaket. No, sir, I'm gonna put you in that pseudo column with everybody else. So I'm just saying with the Robert Shot stuff, we need to come and 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 put something out for that. We got to make a video for that. I had a pseudo killers do it Friday, and I replay it Monday morning. We got to do a whole video on that Robert Shot stuff. We got to do a whole video on that because a lot of people are using that. And you, 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 um, you the one that gave polite that info when he was supposed to debate, I think, young, young pseudo. And that was one of the pieces you had challenged and showed the Khufu stuff. So we've been had the info. I don't know why dude acting like you needed Sean to, to <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I need Sean for this or whatever, you know? Oh, man. Everybody know how we do. All right. I didn't even rely on Sean like that because it's been a fucking overkill. So we, you know how we do. We have people spot to catch these niggas lying and cheating. And so the reality is Sean sent me a, a, a dag on um, a source that he took the fun out the damn game. Is what Sean ended up doing on that particular Stella. I forget the name of the Stella where the guy lied and made it up. 
made ice a human being and all this foolery. And, and I showed them how that was pseudoscientific. I even presented a book that showed that it was pseudoscientific. And everybody that promotes the pyramids are older than 10,000 years, right? They use that. They messed the whole thing up in this. So, I mean, that's just, that is what it is. Man. So, you know, I. Hold on, let me get a quick. You're chipping out, Unc. Let me get a quick shout out to my dude from um, Cameroon in the building. I want to say thanks for supporting the channel. Make sure you subscribe to Masi Warrior Clan. You're going to hear some stuff about your culture. And make sure you subscribe to the Pseudo Killers. Because we're we, 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 we doing our thing. You know, we're doing our thing 100%. And I'm going to tell you all right now, man. We got to just address everything. Like today, I'm waiting for Ngozi to come on so we could get into this whole DNA stuff for a little bit. But we got to, we got to, and by the way, people are chopping up our videos and misleading the people too. So we got to fight against that too. I don't want to strike nobody's video, but dudes be on the panel with us and then making videos after we get off and act like they're Who they at? Call them out. Right. Who is it? You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't hide their names. Get on them too. Now nah, we're going to bring them on the panel and let's beat them up. And they're going to say, why are we beating me up? And then I'm going to tell them at the end. This is why you get beat up. <laughs> My brother, FAB, that's him right there. Cameroon in the building. Make sure you subscribe, beloved. And if you want to come on one day and build with us and tell us about your culture, anytime you can go build with um, Ben and the Masi Warrior clan over there or you want to build with the pseudo killers. Because you got pseudos everywhere. Trust me. You need a pseudo killer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hey, and one topic I ain't even touch on really is um the vaccine stuff. We ain't do a whole show on vaccine, so let me know when you want to do a show here on on the vaccine. You and Corey here. I'm talking about here on my channel. All right, because we, we need to talk about this vaccine stuff because I think we we so scared of the, the boogeyman, we don't want to take no vaccine or nothing, even if it helps us and save our lives. It's a damn shame. Hey, Sean did a Sean did an excellent presentation on on the pseudo killers uh, Saturday. So if anybody didn't check that show out, all right. So uh, what I'm gonna do is he he put that he he really did a real real clear oh, show on on the vaccine. Did you chop it up? No, I didn't. All right. So let's give me the time markers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chop it up and put it on here. I'm gonna just play it one day. But I'm gonna tell everybody this though: as soon as that vaccine reach right here in New York. I'm, I'm, I'm fussing the line. I don't care what you want to say. Call me sellout. Call me whatever you want. I'm taking that joint. I'm, hey, hey, Mon Sister Monica, by the way, your birthday's coming up. And what you doing for your birthday? Do I need to fly to Louisiana? Because I want to spend you, I want to be there for your birthday. All right. So let me know what you're doing. Down. Everybody, I think her birthday is December 28th. Might be wrong. Don't kill me. Think her birthday she's gonna be 32 all right don't mean to put your age out there like that but that's my sister right there sister monica lamb the hardest working person she work harder than she work harder than james brown family i'm telling you that and i ain't even lying i ain't even lying all right how did i know he was gonna say that we go ahead hey sean what's on that hey sean Sean here, right? Yeah, Sean here. Uh huh. Sean, what, what, what's the timestamp on that video? When the when the line in the Wapian, because he is a new Wapian, 
Act like he didn't say the pyramids was over 10,000 years old, and that was part, part of the damn debate. The debate strictly should have been who built the pyramids and what was the time span and what, and what time. He came on there and flips out the whole damn thing and act like that ain't what he said. And then he said, well, if you can find me saying that, then, then I lost. Uh, I say, nigga, you, of course you said it. I need to see that video. We need to play that. We, I need that. What the hell is showing you need him? Yeah, we got to chop it up, man. We got to chop it up. Chop it up. Hey, Mo, you say you're going to be 44? Oh, man, don't tell Red Pill. Because you know they got something for the 44. They're going to break that down. Oh, shit. <laughs> that 44, baby. <laughs> Magical numbers. Oh, man. But, uh, man, we, got, we got 240 people watching. Uh, what was you going to say? 240 people. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, first of all, that you're watching. And secondly, if you want to be on a panel and do a presentation one day, hit me up in my inbox or email me at daggersquad1 at gmail.com. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday, tomorrow, um, Mo, if you have time, if I could get 10 minutes to come on your show tomorrow. I got to talk about the, the, um, the new credit system and how they screw our know, white supremacy screwing black people over because they're moving towards a system that's basing your credit cards or you are getting approved for credit off of what, how much money you have in your bank account. And the last time I checked, black folks in general ain't got no money in their bank accounts. Business uh, personal. And it's crazy. Not every black person. Not every black person now, but most I know. All right. Hey, F Fontaine, what's up, bro? Peace and love to you. All right. Um, Birmingham Atheist, peace and love to you, brother. Mark Johnson, peace and love. Black Tide in the building. All right. So now, family, I want to I wanna um talk about the, the pyramids before Ngozi come on. Um, the pyramid stuff. What, what's going on with the pyramids, man? He are they saying that the pyramids were built before 10,000 years ago? And it couldn't be built during Khufu's time. But what are they trying to say? Yeah, so the dude the dude says in the video that I put in the chat, um, right there from on Kyle's page, is is literally if you click on it and go to the two minute mark, it's only three minutes that we need to listen to, like three and a half, four minutes. And he tells you right then and there what the debate topic is, him and on. They are they specifically discussed the debate topic right then and there. And then he don't do nothing that he said he gonna do after he, you know, based on that video. It's 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 crazy. Can you send it to Garfield? Can you send it to Garfield so we can get yeah, that out the way? It, I put it in the Zoom chat. The zoom, all right. Garfield. Let me find can you it. Just, what, what's the marker so we can all be quiet and hear it? Because as right. he was trying to me. I was baiting him. Start so at the two minute mark. Hold on, now. hold on a second. Let me put it over here. What mark, brother? I ain't raised on that fools. What mark? What's the time? Two do? minutes. Two <laughs> minutes. The beginning of the video. Two minutes. Hold on, now. two minutes. Is in, is in the back. We agreed on a date, the time. Contact now. Forgot. I said that. And so that wasn't our topic. Along, I, don't, I don't even remember what conversation we was having, but somebody said, did you just debate champ? Hold on. Is that the, the time marker, the two minutes? 
Go ahead and play it because we yeah, get right yeah, into yeah. it. Talk about the pyramids wasn't built in the old kingdom. So I say, how in the hell could that be a champ? That ain't a champ. Not at all. Not 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 in the circles I travel. No champion. In hey, let, let me, hey, let me let me tell you, you something, man. That is the live in camp. I don't need you to cut me off. Wrong with that. My point is there cannot be a champ who think that the pyramids wasn't built in the old kingdom. You're not a champ. So that's my whole point. That, and you have the right, you have the right to have that point. Um, I'm just here to make it be clear that you issued an official debate on that point. And you, you forgot. We're talking about the Giza pyramid, the seventh wonder of the world. That's the pyramid. That's what he's talking about. There's no way that the Khufu administration dynasty built that in 20 years. That's our stance. I already beat, I already beat Sean up on the topic before. So I don't know why he even invited you to even jump in and get another ass whooped on this topic. I love you as a brother, but I'm just I'm just telling you, brother, you don't want to take this topic with the channel. Just telling hey, you. Jeremiah, like, let them do brother Bill, man. Like these brothers are having a conversation about like we need to jump in. Just be respectful. So here's my point. Brother. Here's my point. When when was the pyramids built? I'm asking the brother. When was the pyramids built, yo? Okay. And I think yeah. when it's built, and that'll be the debate. When was they built, bro? Okay, so um, so first, great question. But what the debate is on is on the topic that we officially agreed upon, that a flyer was made on, that you agreed to show up at that date. Are you willing to take the debate that you issued? Can I ask you a question, man? What I mean, like a robot or something? We have a conversation right now, bro. Yeah. Like, what's your point? I'm asking you since you said I don't even know your stand. I'm asking you, so I thought the conversation was when the pyramids were built. I no, 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 no. It wasn't when the pyramids were built. The topic of conversation was that the pyramid structures were not built during Pharaoh Khufu's time. I never actually stated what. You said you're going to prove that it was built by Pharaoh Khufu and his men. I said, no, that's not, that's emphatically correct. And so that's the topic, not, not when they were built. So how do you, so wait a minute. If you don't know when it was built, then I didn't how do you know, know it wasn't built? I didn't say I didn't know anything. I just said that's not the topic of what your challenge was. But, that, but, you, but you would have to offer an answer. I'm saying they was built in the old kingdom. And it was built for Khufu. There it is, there it is right there. there that was a topic, brother. You said they were built, it was built for Khufu. And I, and I said, no, it was not, and it was not built during that time. Pyramid okay, so okay, so hold on. So then what is your stance then? Here's my stance. That the pyramids was built for Khufu during the old kingdom. And we got evidence in their own words stating that. Simple as that. So my question to you is, what is your stance? I just gave you my stance. What is your stance? My, my stance is that the, the Pyramid of Giza was not built and created by Pharaoh Khufu and his men and that it existed before he got there. That's my stance. Okay, like when? In the old kingdom? In the old kingdom? When, when will be discussed in the debate? Ah, come on, man. Man, just see that ain't, nah, that's that, that's that lofty shit. Nah, 
That's lofty. Yo. Now I'm hearing you all the way up. So now that's lofty, bro. Like I'm telling you when they was built, right? That's your stance. So so then what debate do we have then? What is the, the debate? debate the, the debate that we publicly agreed on. I have the video of our agreements of the topic and, and the rounds and the time. Did you actually forget what you said, you said, wait a minute, you said, I don't even know your stance, so I'm asking your stance. My, my stance is that the, the Pyramid of Giza existed. Which one? Which one, brother? There's the three great, out of Which one? The Great Pyramid of Giza that you're assigning to Khufu existed before Pharaoh Khufu. That is my stance. Your stance is that Pharaoh and his men made that pyramid for him. We're, we are to debate that stance. That's on video. Was the pyramids built in the old kingdom, yes or no, brother? Oh. Huh? Pyramid of Giza was not was not built in the old kingdom. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. I appreciate that. So 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 whenever you want me to proceed the breaks off of you, then we need to do that. Okay, so the flyer the flyer is already <coughs> flyer's already been made. So we just have to find a date for the both of us. So I, I'm saying I think I answered all those fin requests because no one no one actually contacted me and let that know that was you know like like okay um, we ready for that like okay just the day I got a lot of shit going on that shit wasn't wasn't the day, the, in my life I, okay okay that's, that's good brother. So okay good no excuse I just didn't show okay that's 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 I didn't show. okay good the dates of our debate was said in our conversation and Jeremiah said, do I need to, the answer was, no, I don't need a reminder, I will be there. Those are your words. Okay, and I forgot. Okay, that's on, that's on, that's on you. So when you say that no one called you to remind you, you're, you gave those orders. Yeah, he, he, I'm kind of old too, uh, uh, Kofi. I mean, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay. he, he, I'm sorry. He, he showed up 45 minutes for me in his dialogue. You know, so he, okay. he, he old. Oh, man, get out of here. You got a couple breaks. Is he old? Oh, how old is this? What's going on? Yeah, hey, hey, Elder, 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 oh, what? what's going on? I got to call my like Elder now. I forgot. He's only 40, well, 42 years old. First of all, hold on. First of all, I ain't telling nobody to remind you. You made that shit up. That nigga is 50 years old, man. Yeah, show that video. All right, so all that has to be established now is the convenient uh, date for both of us. The convenient date for um, for both of us. Um, <laughs> you say nine, so that's a pre-dynastic structure, yo. You crazy, yo? Yeah, you're done. Um, I'm I'm. You're I'm done. I'm available. Hello. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I'm available this um this Monday coming up. Hey man, don't be sleeping on the chat now. Come on now. Look like look, look like you're available right now. <laughs> Do it right now. <laughs> okay. Did you want me to play some more, or was that enough? Nah, so, our debate topic was that, one, that the, the pyramids wasn't built in the old kingdom. I said it was, right? So, during that debate, 
He he never told us when the motherfuckers was built. He just kept saying it wasn't built by that. I told y'all. We we made that crystal clear what the goddamn topic was. When they was born, I mean, what, who built them and when the hell they was made? I answered both of the questions. He only tried to to answer one part where he just kept saying, Kuku didn't build them. Okay, Negro, if Kuku didn't build them, then who built them and when? He never addressed that, bro. Never. He never. And you know why he couldn't address it? Because he know he got to pay that 10000 shit again. He know it. That's why he bought that particular Stella. And everybody that uses it, I forget, I forget the name of the daggone Stella, though. The Stella, Stella they, they always, the pseudos use it to act like, you know what I'm saying, the mythical ISIS, a troll Khufu, uh, you ain't built that pyramid or something stupid. Like, it's just stupid, bro. So the whole shit was full of me, yo. Hey, That's uh, it. How, how are you going to play a video that kills his own argument? That that part, that's when I came in. I was watching it. I, I saw you play the video. I'm like, what the hell? Did he play that video for real? I'm like, ha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm telling you, family. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's crazy. But where's Sean at? Sean, you, you free up or what? what? What you doing? I'm right here. What's up? All right. So let me ask you this. So who built the pyramid? Let me ask you a straight up question. Who built the pyramids? The pyramids was built during the reign of Khufu. His visor right. laid it up, which is, you know, pretty much they're going to say his brother. And, you know, the workers in ancient Kemet built the pyramids, not slaves, workers. They were paid with, they were fed well. They were given beer or something like beer. Um, you know, they, they were, they were, they were taken care of. Mm-hmm. About 200 plus workers. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. So now you're saying these 200 plus workers. Mm-hmm. And um, what proof do you have of this 200 plus workers? Uh, we have the journal of the visor. Okay. Uh, that's a primary source. It's the oldest papyri found in ancient Kemet from the fourth dynastic period. Okay. Uh, we also have uh, outside of those pyramids, we have evidence of those who were um, associated directly with the king, and uh, you you have their like graves or whatever. Um, they lived the, they lived close by where they did all of their work. You have all of that in that area as well. So that's you you had the archaeological evidence to support that. Um, I thought they said the Hebrews or the Israelites built pyramids. (laughs) How could the Israelites not get credit because they weren't in the area when it was built? It was 2500, 2600 BCE. And there was no such thing as an Israelite or a Hebrew at that time period. Just for the record. I just want to give a side note. But I'm trying to figure out, though. So we have information from the Ramesh, the people, the indigenous people of Kemet saying how they built the pyramids. They mm-hmm. don't, did, did they exclusively said we use this, we use that? What, did they say anything about the tools or anything that they used? Yeah, so last night when we was breaking down the debate, um, Sutek brought out one source and there's other sources reliable that can actually be used, but 
Yeah, they talked about what type of tools. They didn't use no copper tools, which is what dude insinuated that they used. They had different, you know, they used different type of uh, stuff. They talked about the specific limestone and all of that. They got into they got into all of that, and he was just disingenuous in his in his reporting of that information. So yeah, they they talked about the specifics. Uh, you might have the book. I know it's in my Google. It's in my Google. Oh, Drive. that's the one that we you told me to download a long time ago. Yeah, uh, let me hit this button on my phone and I can tell you to get the name of the book real quick for the people. Uh, should I even got my dang on my own work on this joker? But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing how that go. So I'm trying to get these books up now. But yeah, go ahead. All right. All right. Um, all right, cool. So I think... Um, what 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 ag consciousness what's up man that's my brother right there man fight the good fight as usual man that's a traveling man right there it's a traveling man not in that sense of the whole masonic stuff but that's a man traveling man family man Shout all out. right garfield the book yeah. is by Catherine bard it's an right. ancient uh an introduction to uh archaeology of ancient egypt i got that i got that a hey, hey, first edition I want, I want to say to everybody, though, what, but what do you want as proof to say that the Egyptians at that time period built the pyramids? They're writing in the present tense. You are reading the visors. Whoever could read it is reading the visors' words, speaking in the present tense that this is what we're doing. We are building the pyramids and all that stuff. So what more evidence mm -hmm. do you want? But you don't they, want to... they call Khufu the great pyramid builder. Mm -mm -mm. They said in their own words, Khufu the great pyramid builder. All right, so Odudua Kedar says, so 200 workers moved 2.2 million bricks. Sure, okay, that's like 100,000 bricks per worker roughly, yeah, right. Can you, can you respond to that, brother? Yeah, so as teams... They show in the quarry where they used the where they built the little ramps to help them get up to do what needs to be done with all their technology, yo. Um, the 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 quarry was right next to the pyramids, so they weren't traveling far to move these bricks and cutting these stone the way that they need to be moved and cut. We don't have to go outside of these people saying this stuff themselves. They did all of the work. You act like you act like you can't, you know, do any real research in regard to that. So, however, here's the here's a uh, a thing. There's a video also that's floating around that a um, a scientist did an archaeologist. Well, yeah, a scientist did what he did. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Deke Peterson, the funniest dude in the chat. He said, "Brothers said magic powder made the bricks weightless, maybe even floated." Oh man, in the name of Dr. York, brother, stop it. <laughs> well, he's just kidding, but go ahead, brother. Yeah, so what they what they ended up doing was that uh in this in this demonstration, the dude um the dude had this big block brick similar to the stones in ancient Kemen, and he was trying to see if he can move them himself without any help. So he built these levels up. He was standing on side, kind of like a seesaw method. The seesaw method. What he was doing was showing how to raise the rock, raise the level, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm talking about modern day. 
raise it, raise it. So get it, and he was using these little wood sticklets to stick up under that. So as they balance the brick or the, or the stones, they began to create leverage for themselves. And in creating that leverage, they were able to put the stones how they are, are in place. But remember, they also had miles and things of that nature that they were using to go right up in, in ramps. They showed the technology, but what people don't want to do is they don't want to look or read the uh, read the technology. And it dealt with mathematics. So this is this is the whole thing about the pyramids. Like so, the claim is outlandish, and you know, Odudawai, whoever that dude is with the fake West African. Uh, you know, name in front and then doing our leg tripping. Oh, okay. All right. Brother Ray, what's up, man? How you doing, beloved? Well, hotel to you. How are you going, Phil? What's up, brother Ray? Well, listen, I think I owe it formally to introduce myself here to the family. I am 65 years old. Damn, and young, brother. Look young. Pardon me? I say you look young. Thank you. Bless you. And uh, <laughs> it was just an honor when I sit here to see you, yourself, the young gentleman, Sean. Unc, I, I mean, I've had a few conversations with Unc way back, been blog talk years. I mean, prior to Comcast, prior to YouTube. Uh, and I mean, his actually, those four guys, uh, Ankh and Golsi, Sanjetti, and uh, uh, sometimes Chris and Ishmaela, they actually were the most informative group of young men that I heard for at least a five year stretch. So anytime they talk, I'm like EF Hutton. Listen to him. I urge everyone to listen to him. Uh, I just want to say something, Garfield. I want to piggyback on what you were saying. I'm just going to cut my video off. I just want to piggyback on the fact of that you, Sean, I think a gentleman, a true story, uh, the other fellow here, Corey, you guys have completely cleaned up the notion that any Hebrew came through the transatlantic slave trade and went to North America. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, a I'm sorry to a bomb right now. Boom. And uh, I look at it myself as being like the hunter chasing the rabbit, okay? So let's, let's just use our imagination for a minute. Now, you completely have chased them out of West Africa, the islands in Northwest Africa. We know for a fact, Garfield, we know that they're not talking as though the Hebrews came from Southwest Africa. We definitely know they didn't come from Central Africa, the Congo and the Sudan. So if they didn't really going East and Southeast below Ethiopia, I consider that Nubia. So, we're left with one area, and that's Northeast. Now, like I say, it's the hunter chasing the rabbit. Now, the Northeast perimeter, and you mentioned it today, something 
I wish everyone would be mindful of. It is the production, mass production of books, of propaganda, of the printing press. Well, at the time that slavery was running rapid on both coastlines, west and east, it was either controlled or narrative by English and Portuguese who gave you the Bible and the scriptures, or it was controlled by the Ottoman Empire in the northeast. And Godfield would be wonderful because I don't speak Turkish, okay? But I would love to sleep, see, because we know they did, they were involved in the slave trade. It'd be naive to think they weren't as big as that empire was. But it'd be nice to see the records and the names, even though it's written in Turkish, of those who were sick. Northeast, maybe to Asia, maybe to the Balkans areas, quote, as slaves. And I guarantee you, even in that language, there's no Hebrews. So I'm trying to find out where are they, okay? And, and here's one more thing I'm gonna close by this. You could go back and forth with this narrative on theology. They love to beat down, oh, did the symbols of this and on the writing and where they expressing this thought of theology, forget that. I urge most people, and just speaking at my age, I'm no scholar, I'm just a, gen, a gentleman who try to use common sense. I urge that we start going into generals and kings. And we start looking at battles, war battles. When we see the, the victor in these battles, we could begin to sort of form a premises on the conception of sociology, the conception of Africa, whatever the victor conception was, he's the ruler. So I know that the Ottoman Empire in America being sort of you know, divisive eyes, you know, both of them got propaganda going against each other. But I guarantee you, none of those records, Garfield will say on those Ottoman slave ships after they defeated Portuguese, that they were taking Hebrews northeast into Asia, none. Thank you. All right, family, before I do anything, I want to put this on for the people real quick.
truth. Deeply to understand the straight shot. No, I can't miss. All you just talking. That's why I do this here often. One of the biggest mistakes you ever can make is disrespecting the greatness. You mean I've never heard it before? One more for the playlist. Tell them what it do. All right. Sorry about that. The volume was kind of crazy, but um, all right. Hey, let me introduce y'all to my brother Ngozi, man. And uh, we're going to get into some DNA stuff. We have like almost 250 people watching. People thought Ngozi wasn't coming on, but hey, he's here right now, man. He, he actually, we they, they, I, I did some poof, some voodoo, and he just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> Nobody can say my voodoo don't work. Stop that. Stop it. It works. It works. All right. So I want to stay on topic because um, I think DNA is a Hebrew Israelite problem. And I said to Unc earlier um, that, you know, when you chop a body up, you still can't have the toes wiggling. And I think you have some people trying to use the Lemba, trying to use Ethiopia, trying to mix the people up about E1B1B and E1B1A and try to get us to, to accept certain things. And, um, I did, I did, I know you did a lot of DNA tests. I did like eight, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I did, I like living DNA. Living DNA is not great. They don't have a lot of markers, but I just like how they tell you where you're from. And the, the truth of the matter is all my DNA is matched up as far as where I'm from. Meaning that I'm probably, I have a lot of Nigerian, a lot of, a lot of, um, Akan in me and mm -hmm. so forth. And, um, with the, with the African ancestry, though, that, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it may, it make a lot of sense what it came up with, but that's another story for another time. But I do want to say I appreciate um, the Gino 2.0 project because you had put me on to um, the white boy. Um, I forgot Spencer, his name. Spencer Wells. Yeah, Spencer Wells. And anybody who don't know about DNA, just study <laughs> basic eight minute videos he has he has like five videos between three minutes to eight minutes long and he breaks down dna how he goes about how we should go about looking at it um what what do you think before we get into the the, the, the e1 b1a and whatever what do you think Ngozi, from your personal perspective like what is it that's um, in DNA that could just blow this out the world right now? Like, why do you think that the Hebrews are, are the Israelite claimants, the pretending Israelites are trying to get DNA on their side? Why do you think they're doing that? I mean, they have to, they have to have something to support their narrative. They have to try to produce something that's real. Evidently they know that their oral traditional uh, narrative that they read in book systems or books isn't enough. So now they're trying to take DNA to try to make it a visible reality. And then when they take the DNA, they mismatching it because they don't understand it. So, you know, they, 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 they're they being manipulated, manipulative with it. So they're manipulating information. They know that the book alone can't tell them who they are. You know, they know that. So now I'm going to bring some aspects of, of, of ultimate reality when it comes to, you know, sequencing DNA and putting that in it, trying to make that fit their narrative. And, you know, it's, it's just, that's the game that they're trying to pull. The game that they're trying to pull is trying to, they're trying to, you know, make their belief a reality. But you can't mix theology with science. You know, you, you right. can't mix a you can't mix a, a a group of people that's only talked about in theology. And then when you find them outside of theology, they're no older than you know 1200 BC, 1300 BC. When you find them outside of those zones, but I'm saying, but the people that we see that we know as Hebrew Israelites, 
Mm-hmm. You can't mix that with, with science. You know, you can't. Let me ask you this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have our issues with the word Israel and Egypt. But let's just say that the word is Israel, right? Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. from that term, and this is for every person that's listening. In the ancient Near East, people call their names by you have a theophoric element. So that could tell you who you are. You had some people called the Abu God, um, G-A-D. You had some people called, um, they would have Baal at the end of their name or Hadad. So you yeah. know the Hadad people are the Arameans. You know the people of the Abu God. They're not Israelites, but they were worshiping a God by the name of G-A-D. The word Israel had this theophoric element of il or el at the end. So that means when the Egyptians wrote about Israel, it wrote about a people who worshipped El. So we have we can identify them at that point at 1300 BCE as a people who are just basically in the area, no tribal affiliations, where they lived or what they were conquered, Egyptian conquered at the time. You could tell that Israel were a people. And um, that's what the Egyptians were saying. But the thing, the key right there, though, before we get into DNA, is that it's talking about El, the worship of El. The name is not Israel, it's Israel. And if you ask anybody right now in America, do you worship El and Gozi? They're going to say no. And I think a lot of people who follow the Hebrew Israelite culture don't realize that El is their God. It's in the name itself. So how are they denying L? Even before this is before we get to DNA. Go ahead, brother. Talk about that. I mean, I mean, of course they're gonna deny L because L is a ancient Canaanite deity, and we know that the Hebrews themselves, as you brought up earlier, there were a confederation of different um, Semitic speakers or Canaanite groups, or we can't even say Canaan because Canaan is a land, Canaanan, that they say in Metonetta. But you have these different Semitic speakers, primarily Amorites and other types of people that's living there. So L, by the time you get to the late edition of the, the late concocted version of what they have after the Talmud or the Torah, mm-hmm. which means Torah means teachings or whatever, after you get into all that, they, it, it, they, they, they their reality is already fragmented. Hebrews are not a homo- it's not a homogenous situation. It's a combined situation. So they have to uh, promote Yahweh or, or the, the Volcanian God or the mountainous God, Yahweh, and make him more superior than the idea of El, because now if you go back to the old world of Canaan, El was another pagan deity, or what they labeled the pagan deity. Watch, watch, watch the dagger now, watch the dagger. So how is it that Egypt in 1300 BC is mentioning the word Israel, but they're also mentioning the theophoric, um, the, the, the tetragrammaton, which is Yahweh. They mention it in the 1400 BC with the Edomites, with the um, the Shasu, right? And they also mention it again in the 1300s with the Shasu again. So they're mentioning Yahweh, the God that these Israelites want to believe in. But Yahweh was an Edomite God. And I, I think, see, that's the ultimate dagger. We have Egypt mentioning Yahweh and we have Egypt mentioning Israel. The people who were Israel were not worshiping Yahweh. It was the Edomites within the Egyptian culture. And why I'm bringing that up, bro, because I want to give the people an idea. 
of what Canaanites were and what the Israelites were. So the Canaanites were a mixture of Amoritish culture, Amorites. Yep. You have the Arameans. You have yep. the Assyrians. You yep. have the um the um the the Shasu. The Shasu represents the small element that that was involved with Kemet. Yes. They came in and out of Kemet. So yes. they were probably the ones who were at the forefront in Judah when the Judean writer was writing. Because remember, Edom became a part or synchronized into the culture of Judah. Edom was. So people don't right. understand the whole. This is history we're talking, by the way, family. Everything me and Gozi is saying right now is history and it's documented. We're not talking about Bible now. We're just correlating it to give people an idea of who the people are in Canaan and that those people in Canaan are, as I told um, Unc earlier, I said, Ngozi, Garfield, Sean, all of us are anti-pseudoisms. Yes. We have for the last probably 10, for you for 10 years, for me for the last six to eight years, tried to separate ourselves from like a Phil Valentine. No knock on Phil Valentine. We just <laughs> rock with his information. Bobby Hemet, I love Bobby Hemet. Ain't nobody could tell a story better than Bobby Hemet. Um, you know, you know, some of these dudes, I mean, I'm not going to call nobody else because people take stuff too personal. But what I'm saying is we try our best to separate ourselves from the pseudos. So the Canaanites, what they did was, and me and you was talking about this earlier, the thing about the pork is two traditions where pork, the old anti-pork element come from. The mm -hmm. anti-pork element come from, there was a Phoenician element in the region that wasn't into pork. But there was also an Egyptian Ramesh element that wasn't into pork. And what happened is whoever these Canaanites are, whoever they were, they basically said, listen, man, we're not going to rock with that food. We're not going to eat pork. And so it wasn't originated by them, but they put it in the laws as written down to say, hey, pork, let's not eat pork. God said don't eat pork. And I remember arguing with my family when I was into the nation of Islam in the 90s. I said, listen, man, don't feed me pork or my son pork. Yeah, I'm gonna go to hell. My brother, my brother looked at me. He's like you and goes, he's like a scientist. He's like, so listen, so you telling me if you eat this pork, you're going to hell. Really, bro? Really? <laughs> you're going to hell because you eat pork. The people never had a refrigerator, man. They had no damn refrigerator to put nothing in. That's so right. how are you going? <laughs> right. Oh man, build on that, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, but but and, and 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 I think it goes back to the element when you said when you talked about the pork eating and how you had a group of Phoenicians and you had a group of Egyptians because Phoenicians themselves was a, a confederation. They don't have one lineage either. They also fragments of of, of you find them in old, old Cretan, old Anatolian zones before they even become what we are, you know, this Phoenician term that we get um, in, in, in archeology. span But the thing is that, yeah, you had a group of Phoenicians that did it. And I think what you said was interesting, the key is that some of the Shashus was going in and out of Egypt. And we know that the Shashus or the, or the people that worship Yah, because you know, you find, you find the term Yah in Egypt, which was a form of Tehuti, Jehutiya, which is increasing moon. But, um, mm -hmm. but, but the Shashus, took some traits out of Egypt on their way into those zones of, you know, the southern parts of the Levant, because these were the southern Levitian people. So they had some Egyptian um, components to them, taking it out and, and, and bringing some customs to Canaan. Because again, when you start dealing with Egypt for, for, for I'm like on a scientific level or deal with it, just deal with Egyptology, it destroys what a Hebrew is. Hebrews don't have a place. 
it shows you that these people are a, a late addition to, to human history and they're not even really historical. It's not a one-line phase that makes up what they are. Basically, this is a late addition to human history, but it's kind of extremely mythical. This, come, this is coming from, again, like you also said, you keep saying it, a confederation of different groups of Asiatics or Abu or people in the East who come together and create a narrative for themselves, trying to talk about the world that they were in to the best of their ability. But then you got other people that added on from Persians to Greeks. Other people add on components to it to help, you know, um, completely fulfill the package of their literature or their literature and text. Because we know the historical so-called people that we label as Hebrews only possibly wrote Deuteronomy before they had a complete book before the Babylonian Talmud. And we know Israel was sponsored by Persians. So, so by the time you get to this so-called magical people that we call Hebrew, they're taking components from everywhere. Like a lot of their mythologies come from ancient, more ancient Near Eastern stories, you know, that you find in Mesopotamia, um, from the Cold of Hammurabi, from um, the story of Noah. You got a, I mean, not Noah, you got a story of Noah, a story of, um, of Job. You found a story of Job similar to ancient Mesopotamia, you know, uh, um, Akkadian storylines. And we know that Akkadians are the base foundation of the first Semitic speakers living in the northern parts of Iraq. And we know that they took certain things from the Sumerian, especially the cuneiform or the wedge language, which is the writing script, uh, mingling and matching with earlier systems that they already had. So by the time you get to these Hebrews, there isn't really a, a, a true uh, historical point to them. Their whole reality is mythical with some truth in it, but the truth is filtered, which makes it still false. So I don't even want to say call it historical fictitious. Uh, it, it, you know, it, you know, you know, some trait like some people exist, but some people's story was completely exaggerated. Like you talk about the the character Yeshua, Jesus. It's a possibility it exists, but we know that a lot of his story was completely filtered and exaggerated by people that told stories about him over and over through oral tradition. Primarily, Paul added a lot of stuff to it, and Romans added a lot of stuff to it. And the historical Jesus that we know possibly never taught half of the shit that we read about. He was a Jewish rabbi or, or a person of that area that followed the, the, the idea of what was existing at the time that we see. Yeah. He didn't go against Sabbath. I'm sure he didn't go against Sabbath if we really follow who this historical figure was. But by the time you get into these like these, these, these traditional ways of who these people are, of course, they took some customs in, in, from Egypt and some customs from Mesopotamia to put it all together and form what we see. They had different authors, different phases, and they're taking things from everywhere to form you know, what they are. There is no real historical Hebrew. There isn't, yeah, unless you're I talking think, about the I people think, in the Middle East. All right. So look at it this way. I look at it like the, the Egyptians used the term retenu, right? And um, Herodotus used the term Syria Palestinia. Um, you have Ibernari, which is a term. And it's so coincidental that Eber is the root to the first Hebrew. Because remember, Abraham is rooted in Eber, and Eber is a term that's used to translate the term Hebrew. But I'm not going to get into that. What I want to go back into a little bit, because somebody said something in the chat with the term El. And I want to read something from the early history of God, Yahweh and the other deities in ancient Israel. The original God of Israel was El. Let me read that again. The original God of Israel was El. This reconstruction may be inferred from two pieces of information. First, 
the name of Israel is not a Yahwistic name with the divine element of Yahweh, but an L name with the element L. This fact would suggest that El was the original chief god of the group named Israel. Second, Genesis 49, 24, 25 presents a series of El epithets separate from the mention of Yahweh in verse 18. Yet early on, Yahweh is understood as Israel's God in distinction to El. Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9 cast Yahweh in the role of one of the sons of El. Let me repeat this. Deuteronomy 32, 8 to 9 cast Yahweh in the role of one of the sons of El, El here called Elion. When the Most High Elion gave to the nations their inheritance, when he separated humanity, he fixed the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of divine beings. For Yahweh's portion <laughs> is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. This passage presents an order in which each deity received its own nation. Israel was the nation that Yahweh received. It also suggests that Yahweh originally a warrior god from Sinai, Paran, Edom, Teman, was known separately from El at an early point in early Israel. Perhaps due to trade, listen to what Ngozi said earlier, due to trade with Edom, Midian, Yahweh entered secondarily into the Israelite highland religion. <laughs> Passages such as Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9 suggest a literal vestige of the assimilation. But look at this. I got to show you all a different, a different verse. If you look at L, how L is used in the Bible, right? Hold on one second. Let me see if I could find the Psalms that y'all like to use. But this is a power, this is a powerful book. This book right here, powerful. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone. But I do want to stress something. Um, hey Shaz, my, my cash app changed, man. It's it's called Garfield Forever with the number four. Garfield for the number four ever. All right, look at this now. When Jesus, listen to this, Ngozi. When Jesus was on the cross and he was being crucified, what did he say? He said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachimi. Why he ain't say Yahweh, Yahweh, lama sabachimi. Why he ain't say Yahweh? You see, this is the dagger. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm evil, yo. I'm evil. I'm straight evil. I am evil. I'm, I'm convinced. I'm an evil hey, guy. That's the truth. That's the truth, though. Oh, that's a good point right there. Even never said Yahweh. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachami. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Yeah. But we go, we go, the reason why we, we going around in circles with the history and all that stuff is to give people an idea that the Egyptians, the Mesopotamians, the Hittites, the, um, the, the people who are considered Assyrians today, other people were involved, the Aperu, the Shasu, all these different people are coming into the land. Plus you had the blue-eyed people from over yes. the Zagros Mountains. 
Yes. Listen, family, a bunch of people came into that region and intermingled. Intermingled. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to say you have this pure DNA, that you have the lineage of Jacob, we already know that Jacob is an eponymous ancestor. We already know Abraham is an eponymous ancestor. We already know Isaac is an eponymous ancestor. But what are these eponymous ancestors doing? The purpose is, is to establish what's called etiology. You're trying to establish where you come from. If you notice the Greeks, everybody comes, they have a, they have a tradition that everybody comes from Helen. That's right? right. And it's the same genealogy type of system that's used in the biblical text. It's not by accident. It's not by accident. But what we leave in out in Gozi, and I have to say this before you come back in, is that everywhere these people go, they took from the culture that was over them. So if they took the, the is, because if you look at it, they were in Babylon, they took the Babylonian calendar. Every yes, name in the calendar today is from Babylon. Why mm -hmm. are you copying Babylon? Why not using your own calendar? If you're tradition, carrying a tradition on. Why are you taking stories from other culture? They took Assyrian stories. They took Aramean stories. They Persian. took stories Persian. Persians. They took a lot of Persian <laughs> stories. All these feast days you got, you better, you better say, hey, hey, Persians, what's up? They took from the Persians. Now, this is not downgrading, and we're not arguing if God exists. I don't want nobody in the chat saying, are you saying God? No, we're not talking about that. We're just <laughs> trying to say that. They never had, and I think people don't understand this, um, Ngozi. The people who are Hebrews or Israel or who claims to be that, they never had a chance to be an empire. There was always a vassal kingdom to somebody. There was a vassal to Egypt at one point, vassal to the Arameans. There was a vassal to the Assyrians, vassal to the Babylonians, vassal to the, um, to the, to the, to the Greeks. They were always vassals. So when it was their time to write the history, they started to write their history like they were an empire. So they talked about their rule from Egypt to, to Karshamish or to the Euphrates. We know it's all lies, but they had to make themselves be more than what they are. But yep. um, so based on all of that, we understand it's a mixed culture, mixed everything. How do we look at the DNA? They're vassals to the United States in, in real time. Real time right now. Yeah, yep. yeah they are. They are. <laughs> crazy. Crazy as hell. Yeah, man. So let's talk about this DNA. Let's get into this DNA. If anybody want to come in and ask Brother Ngozi a question, come in, be respectful. I don't have a problem. This is Ngozi's show today. It's Ong's show. It's my show. But we're trying to get this right. All right? Now, um, the people who are living in that region, um, I spoke about the Arabs intermixing. Right during the time of Tiglath Pilasir, he actually got some Arabs and brought them and you know brought them as as um deport them into where Israel is. So there's a Israel Arab connection from early on the eighth century BC. Um, mm -hmm. how do you feel about the markers and the time periods as far as those people are concerned? Because I see the DNA as giving us the egg who the people are. There's no doubt in my mind that the majority of people who lived in the Canaan region at the time, carried the J markers, meaning the people of Edom, meaning the people of Moab, meaning all these people. And I don't know how you feel. How do you feel about that? I mean, I mean, you're absolutely on point. If we follow the, the narrative of the molecular clocks and the PCAs 
as they sequence base populations um, through screening when they sequence them or microsatellites, it's clear if you follow the timeline and the chronology that they're given off in the Bronze Age, before Hebrews even exists, in the beginning of the Bronze Age, there was a strong um, founder effect on a lot of the population that used to wander there because they like to, what they're holding on to the Hebrews is the Natufians. But we got the DNA of the Natufians. Even though they hear E3B or E1B1B, that still wasn't our clade and they still was highly mixed. So by the time the Bronze Age comes in, you have these group populations coming there from the Caucasus zones and Iran that's dominating those areas. So you have different clades of Jada. J is strong in the Middle East and it's always been there for the last 6,300 years. It has been dominating. So at that time, yeah, most of these cats was J. It makes sense that they would have been J. You probably had a few E3Bs lingering around and a few H2s lingering around, but at the end of the day, they still was, um, this was this was a straggling population that got absorbed in newer populations because like Dr. Antti Job teach us, it was always a zone of confluence. So if you look at the molecular clocks and, and follow it, like all of the fossils that they find from 5,000 years to now, it matches up with the populations that you see the other day in Lebanon and in Syria. And they're primarily J. And it just don't match up with it look through the little haplo group. It also matches up with them through their autosomal DNA. It matches up with them to this day. And a large chunk of it matches up with the portion of the Ashkenazis that comes from the Middle East. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that Ashkenazis aren't mixed, but Ashkenazis are partially from the Middle East. Period. They can't disregard that. And you know the joke, we was joking earlier, imagine that the Ashkenazi Jews, who they hate so much, carry the J marker from the ancient Israelites or the ancient Canaanites more than us in America. They in do. The West. They do. We got no J marker except for this dude on the panel right here. Um, What's his name? Um, Sean. Sean got the J marker. He more yeah. Israelite than all of the damn Hebrew Israelites that's claiming it. And brother, and the thing about the J marker is that the J marker, JP209 developed 40,000 years ago. So we got to remember, even some Neolithic Europeans who, who crossed over from um, Anatolia, pre-Anatolia, carried a branch of J2. It's all through the Aegean areas near Crete. So the thing is, the marker don't really belong. It's not like, this is what I'm saying. These markers predate the people. So brother Sean could have got that marker from a great, 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 great granddaddy that was from Southern Europe. He probably was a Portuguese. He probably was Spanish. He probably was Greek, you know, but it came from Southern Europe. And we got to remember the predecessor of the J branch that matches out or links out, it comes from those Neolithic farmers. So it went into multiple directions. And you are absolutely correct. Brother Sean has a, um, a common ancestor with people in the Middle East and in certain parts of Southern Europe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he do. On a yeah. paternal <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that more you right everything you just said, and then it and then that J crept into West Africa afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. well, if we walk if we walk where we are present day, and we just go back, you know, eight hundred years or something like that, I think we, we began to see the J appear in West Africa. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it, it it appeared in West Africa. Um, you got to remember, we got to remember that some J's. Linked back into North Africa as early as 3,500 years. It just didn't come in with Hyksos. You had a J1 that was lingering around in the early Neolithic period that lingered around. It just didn't dominate because it, come, it comes in Africa in phases. Hey, Sean, do me a favor. I'm going to mute my mic for a little it bit. Come, 
it comes to African phases. So it comes in around you got a one that one that links in leaks in around five. After the Hicksos, you got other people coming in and their study bring dropping it off and they're having babies and leaving it behind. So let's say that my brother Sean, great great granddaddy, if they did go through West Africa, his great great granddaddy probably was a Berber because some Tories from the northern part of Mali have haplogroup J and some Algerians have it. And he could have dealt with a woman from the Congo or Cameroon and left a baby behind. So it do leak into Af in West Africa nine years ago, 800 years ago. It's not a it's not a one way of looking at how genetics move around. People move around. We hey, reproduce. One, one, second, one, one second, Ngozi. Hey, who can um, Corey? I don't know if you want to jump on and just interview um Ngozi real quick because I got to mute my mic. I got to take care of something real quick for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So um, let me just say this though. We're gonna jump into the Lemba, and we're gonna jump into the um to the Ethiopians and what happened with them, and we're gonna talk about the whole claim with Zion Lexam, the guy. Remy um, Yona, which is just a just a disgrace, talking about how the Siberians <laughs> are are Igbo and the, the genetics prove it, and these people they just lie just to be a. Let me tell you something, man. They worse than the Christians, bro. I don't care what. Hey, give me give me a Christian any day of the week, man. That's all I gotta say. You know what you're getting, but with these Israelites, they lie. What are you lying for? You ain't got to lie to be what you're not. You know, in, in um, what you call it, in, in Friday, when the girl said, you ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't got no, to you lie. Don't. You don't. <laughs> oh, man. All right. But anyway, um, you guys, go ahead, man. And um, just, just um, Corey, I don't know if Corey or Sean, when they all just interview the brother about Lemba and just cut in and whatever. He'll, he'll build on his own. All right. Peace. Peace. So... So if we get into the limba, if you guys are willing to build on it, um, I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, the limba, we know that they're Bantu-speaking people, and a large chunk of their ancestry comes from the people that dispersed from the Bantu expansion. And we know the Bantu expansion starts 3,000 years ago. It expands out of Cameroon. The language itself, which is the last branch uh, bracket of, within a larger population of Niger-Congo, the proto phase of Bantu starts around 5,000. Before the expansion is 3,000. So we know that the Limba are a Bantu-speaking people and a lot of their components genetically and the components in biology or in genetics means piece of matches up with West Africans because a large chunk of them comes out of West Africa. So this is the part that the Hebrews play with. They know that autosomally speaking that the Limba are, they have a lot of genetic affinities, meaning similarity to people that's of Europe descent, people that's Mandy descent, people that's, you know, Fulani descent. A lot of the affinities is close because they come from the same, you know, uh, uh, they split from those zones. But a portion of them, the portion that they're not talking about is, so they'll look at an article and an article will say, you know, the Limba has Semitic DNA. And they disregard the part of the portion of the article that talks about the portion that comes out of the Middle East. This so-called fake Cohen gene or Cohen marker that they say, which is J1C3 which is a later subclade of J1. And then they turned around a few last year, or, I'm sorry, 2018, and realized that it wasn't even just the J1C3. A large chunk of it comes out of T1A. They had a distinctive branch of haplogroup T that comes out of the Middle East. T1A compared to the other groups that's T1B. They were not talking about E1B1A when it talked about the portion of the limba that's connected to us. The portion of the limba that's connected to us is the overall autosomal DNA. The portion of the limba that they're talking about from the Middle East is the portion that we see from their paternal markers. And 
This only relates to the Buba clan within the Limba, not the overall Limba population. So that's the trick that they plan. The same thing with the, when they play with the Igbos. They already put out recently that the Igbos genetically don't match with the Middle East. They don't. They're recent converts. So if you follow it, you can see what's going on. So no, the Limba are not um, paternally. The portion of them that is from the Middle East is the Buba clan. And the, K, the J1C3 that they got through Yemen or, 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 or Arab merchants that came through there, or possibly somebody else, it doesn't come directly from Israelite. Because again, there is no historical Israelite or Jews. These people are no different than the Arabs and no different than the people of Lebanon. And the markers predate the group population that you see from the later traditions that developed. If you follow that, you can see. So uh, not, to, not to get off the, the limbo real quick, and you mentioned the J1C3. Um, would they be any kin to the J? Well, I, they, of course, genetically it got to be, but the J1C2. The J1C3 and the J1C2 paternally, on, that's a different subclay, a, a, a terminal snip. And with uh -huh. that being said, they're related. They all, all the J1C3, J1C3, J1, J1, J1C3, J1C2, J2, all those things you'll find in the Middle East. That's how we know that um, a strong founder effect occurred in the Middle East when there was a bottleneck on the earlier predecessors that were there because J dominates. There's too many clades of J in the Middle East which shows you that there was a strong founder effect for these populations that came from Iran and other earlier populations near the Caucasus. So the, the Glimba who are related, this J1C3 of uh, the so-called Kohen gene, that portion comes out of the Middle East, primarily with the Buba clan of them, not the overall Limba population. large chunk of the limbo population that's E1B1A. But they try to play with that E1B1A part like the geneticist is talking about that. And it's not. They're talking about the portion of the limbo that comes out of the Middle East, not the chunk of the limbo that's already E1B1A that's indigenous to Africa. So, um, so clearly there's a, a separation or a distinct separation based on the genetic markers because you you continue to say this you, you you're taking the jays and you saying no they in the middle east and i'm, I'm with you on the uh of the jays being on the middle east and then i'm with you on the e1b1a being indigenous to the continent because that's mm -hmm. that's where they coming from so yeah i don't i don't understand how they arguing the e1b1a and then try to tie it to the J, you know, to the J1C3 as if like they're interrelated or indigenous, like the J is indigenous on the continent, and that's that's furthest from the truth. Yeah, they 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 plan games. So what they plan with Brother Sean is the E1B1B, primarily EZ827 that you found in the early Levant from the Natufians. So now they want to put all the E's together. And say, oh no, because you do have some Jews and some people in the Middle East with a branch of E1B1B. But again, that's not E1B1A. That's a subclade branch to us. E1B1A is at three to two percent in the so-called Middle East, and it, and it went there for two phases: the Arab slave trade, and you also had a leak, a branch of it that leaked over there earlier in time period. But it's not EM2. It's just like you got a branch of E1B1A that's in our, um, in, in our modic speakers in Ethiopia, it's not EM2. It's, it's called E1, another nomenclature in science for it is called E1B1C. 
it's not E1B1A1, it's E1B1A2. So it's action of the M2 marker that we developed in the wet Sahara. And you find it in Ethiopia, and you also found a, a small chunk of it that leaks into the Middle East. So what they're holding on to is the other branch of E, of e family, which is the E1B1 or EP2 that gave rise to E1B1A and E1B1B. You found that in the Natufians, but you don't find that until in today's Middle Eastern. What you find today over there is chunks of E1B1B largely. Albert Einstein was E1B1B, but he wasn't the E1B1B1, which is EM78, or he wasn't the EM81. He was a branch from the EM312, which comes from the EZ827 that's been lingering around up for a long time. You also got another branch of E, of E3B in the Middle East, that's not EV12, but EV13, that migrated out of North Africa and went to the Balkans before it went into the Crete area. These were parts of those, um, those Neolithic farmers. So they already genetic, they were, going through a, they were genetically receding. So even though they, come, they had an African root, they went outside of Africa for so long, they lost certain, attributes, certain quantities or certain qualities of their Africanness. So they, they mutated? They mutated. They were getting absorbed in other populations. So it's just like it's just like it's just like I always use this example. If if if, if me and the brothers from here, I'm E1B1A, and I went to France, and we left babies behind. Somewhere down the line, three, ten thousand, fourteen thousand years later, I already got a, a black set of children here, but I got a whole other set of children in France. Ten thousand years, thirteen thousand years from now, the subclay branch that I gave them is going to be distinct. From the population I had here. So the E1B1A78 that I have here will probably go into its own direction with the sister that I had children by. And then that direction is gonna go into its own direction to a whole nother subclade. So you have two branches of the EM78 that develops in North Africa, primarily with a lot of Egyptian men here. But another branch of EM78 leaks out, and it's a form of EV13 that migrates out of Africa, going to the Balkans, and then going to the Crete area. So even with the late EZ827, which developed in North Africa, but a portion of it leaked out of North Africa and went into Levant, it was still mixed up. So when a bottleneck occurred or the founder effect occurred with these dudes coming in from the near Caucasus and Iran area, primarily the J trade, J1 and J2, they dominate those areas. So the one in East or E3B that was lingering around got absorbed in the newer populations. It got absorbed in the newer populations. Even the stratum of, if you want to use these terms, um, uh, and I just don't want to go by um, by uh, the, 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 uh, in, in linguistics, but if you want to use these terms, like proto-Semitic, do develop in a phase of Africa, North East, North Northeast Africa, and it's related to those Chadic languages. You know, Chris, if, for those who support Christopher Eric or uh, and the other guy, um, uh, his name is not on top of my head right now. They talk about a phase of uh, of, of proto-Semitic coming out of Africa from a group of people called the Herithians who were related to the Quadans. And it leaks out around 8,000 years ago before it becomes the late established Semitic that we see today. And the late established Semitic is the oldest stratum is Akkadian. Then you got Ugaritic and you got all these other languages. So by the time you get these dudes with these J markers who had some type of language isolate, I don't know, cause I'm not a linguist. When they start to go over there, they start to take over the women yet and still they keep their mother tongue and the stratum of Semitic becomes more watered down and more watered down and more watered down and more watered down until you get the newer, later stratum. So what I'm saying is, is that these cats, the wandering E's that's lingering around, or E3B, it still wasn't the branch that we had that was already adapted in tropical sub-Saharan Africa. 
and we got to dwell in our own zones, developing our own human leukemia entities, our own immune responses. Everything became unique with, with the blended situation that we went through in sub-Saharan zones compared to the population that adapted into North Africa, adapted into the environment, mingled with other group populations, created other, other phases of people because of mutations that they picked up from people that was already wandering in the further eastern borders of that part of the world. They become a whole other blended people. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'm following you all the way with the science. So basically, hey, there's I no juju. No, 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 no. They, I, they don't. Go ahead, King. I got a quick question. So the is the because I don't, you know, I me. Mean, I don't. I don't know nothing about the biblical uh, narrative and then. So is the Ugaritic, uh, like the the Ugaritic speaking people, are they in in a time? Before, like the biblical narrative, and then oh, they yeah. okay, yeah, they turned into the yeah. biblical people. Yeah, the Ugaritic speakers lived in Canaan. These were Amorites. They had a unit. That's a branch of Semitic. But the hey, let me let me let me um hold on. There. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Let me um hold on one second. Let me see if anybody want to come in. Hold on one second, guys. Yeah, can you guys hear me good? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you, bro. Y'all flowing good. All right, listen. Let me say this when um, Corey asks about the Ugaritic. Let me just cut in for one second. All right. You know, when we, when we growing up and we started learning Kemet, we used to hear that Psalms 104, they stole that from Kemet and they have a little proverb stuff or whatever. The truth of the matter is there was a library that was discovered in 19, I think, 22. And they found something called, a place called Ras Sharma. And it was a library with all these writings from the Canaanites, right? Because the people in Ugaritic are Canaanites, although we yeah. call them Amorites, right? Now, look at this yeah. now. Those Psalms and Proverbs you, you read in the Bible comes sometimes word for word from these people who are in Ugaritic. And there's a yeah. lot of things in the Bible that comes from Ugaritic. So that is one of the biggest influences on the biblical text. So it was kind of crazy that Corey said he don't know Bible, but he brought up the Ugaritic. Somebody must have been inboxing or something. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go back on mute. No, 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 I got a homeboy and they Jewish, right? But his grandfather, he, he speak Ugaritic. So, you know, I just, uh, you know, he, he yeah, don't speak it like on a day-to-day -day basis, but he told me that he speak Ugaritic. So I just figured, you know, I was just curious to as to like, is this an original language like before the Hebrew and all of that or what, you know? So that's- that Yeah, Hebrew, it, it, Hebrew is, even when they use terms like Paleo-Hebrew and linguistics, which is the Phoenician, it's just early stratums of, that's related to the Ugaritic. But the earliest established Semitic, if you want to use that term, um, you find it with the Akkadians. The Hebrew, again, once you get into this stuff of what it is, bro, Hebrews are. Deeper the genetics and following archaeology and following the chronology, the people don't even exist the way we think, bro. It's completely, it's magical. It's, bull, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. And, you know, and you look at the, they found out recently with the limba, because I don't want to get off the subject. That marker that they got is not what they call it. It, it kind of denounces the, the idea of a Hebrew. 
because the market that the Hebrews have is high in the Arabs, is high in Syrians, is high in Lebanon, is high in Palestine. You know, so that so the, the whole narrative of a of a of a Jewish gene is not really it's not real. Geneticists is destroying that shit. It's not real. But I will say the people that created that storyline or that mythology that they used were primarily those people that you find out a day. They were primarily J, paternally J Mark. They were because those are all these. They're telling the same oral traditions, like the whole um, Passover thing. That's an old Canaanite ritual for harvest season. They just remixed it, upgraded it, and put in a new mix when they added it into the Jewish text. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of crap, bro. You guys still there? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. You good? So yeah, so they so they pretty much they pretty much you know one you know once you get into the genetics and follow the limba, you can see what's going on. The limba are still you know our brothers. They're Bantu speakers. They ancestors descent from Cameroon before the Bantu expansion, but a few of them got mixed up. It happens. You know what I'm saying? They got mixed up, and it's primarily the Buba clan. And look at the location that the Buba clan is in, in that part of South Africa. You know, it's 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 in the northern portion chunk where you can find these people coming. And you got to remember, the people that created Zimbabwe were the Shona. It was a lot of people that were trading in Zimbabwe, you know, that were coming over there from Arabia and certain parts of Egypt. So you got to look at the portion of these people that is from the Middle East within the Buba clan not the overall limber population. And that's the trick these African-Americans is using. They're using the parts of them that's connects to us. They're not talking about the part of them that the geneticist is really focusing on. The parts of them, the geneticist, the geneticist is focusing on a portion of them that comes out of the Middle East with the primary T1A marker and the J1C3 that they got. They ain't talking about no E1B1AO. Mm. Uh, and go see, uh, may I ask you a question, Hotel Tuya? This is Brother Ray. And uh, man, I, I had mentioned uh, as one of your elders that I remember way back in you guys' <laughs> blog talk days and how you all would really go in, especially you used to go in on Zion Let's pretty hard back in them block talk days, brother. But oh, I, yeah. got, I got a question just in general. I consider two parts of history where the uh, mixing, as you say, played a very important part in the narrative of history. And one is in uh, Lower Egypt, of course, that melting pot. But the question I want to ask you is about Ethiopia and this uh, Adal War and that melting pot right around, you know, Abyssinia. And my question is now, you got in it in that battle, in that war going on, you got Russians, which I call Turks, you got Persians, you got Ethiopians, and I think something about the Aroma tribe came into that area also. Is that right in Gulsi? Yeah, the Aroma and the Aga. They Was there a tremendous amount of mixing among these four ethnic groups then, or were they just culturally, you know, straightforward, basically? You say, you say was it a who came? Could you repeat that? Was there a lot of mixing among those four ethnic groups? Groups or markers. Uh, the, 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 the Ethiopian, the, the Gi speaking Ethiopians, who we know as the Habasha 
or the Tigray, the Tigray, the Habasha, or the Gi speaking Ethiopia, they've been mixing for the last 4,000 years with people from the Near East. You gotta remember, before we have, before we have Aksum, we had Damat. Damat collapsed. You had the original population of Ethiopia were the Aga, the Aga groups. The Aga groups mingled with those, again, those Bronze Age J markers that was lingering around from the Levant all the way through the Arabian Peninsula going into Yemen. So they were all... By the time you get to this, by the time you, they were already mixing when the J markers come in. So by the time you get to this Amharic, which is related to Aramaic, but Amharic stratum of Ethiosemitic, it's a crossbreed or a hybrid between the Aga branch of Cushitic and those Semitic speakers, mingling together, creating a hybrid culture. So the Aksumite Empire were already a hybrid culture. If you're not an Omotic type Ethiopian, or those Oromos who are still slightly Eurasian because you got an old basal component, but primarily the Omotic speakers of Ethiopia, the Omotic, not Oromo. Those people will be more of the people that have been lingering around Ethiopia for a long time. But even though our Habasha brothers are partially from the Near East, they're still primarily African because people in the Near East don't accept them. They get oppressed too. So they're still African. But the thing is that they've been mixing with people from Yemen who was coming through those other earlier populations from the Levant going through Yemen for a long time. So by the time you get this Habasha language, a geese, it's a hybrid between the Aga and Semitic stratums coming together. And they created a false narrative for themselves too. You know, Queen of Sheba, Menelik and all that, the Kebernagas. They kind of created a false narrative for themselves too to create a sense of identity to link them to the Middle East and yes, Africa. But was was Presbyterian one of those narratives? What you say? Was who, brother? Was Prester John one of those narratives? Prester John, um, you got to remember, King Azana introduced Christianity to them, but who did he get it from? He got it from Prometheus. Prometheus was Syrian. He was Lebanese. He was from that Lebanese-Syrian zone. So, you know, they say Ethiopia was never conquered, but you got to understand why they were never conquered. They were already, they were always mingling with people. Even before you got Oxen and Demont, Ethiopia was the cross, Ethiopia was the cross border, uh, especially the Eritrea area for the Punt civilization, who was trans who was transporting the frankincense and myrrh through Upper Egypt. So there was always a zone for the international world of trade at that time, that Punt area, which was Eritrea. So you know it's a lot it's a lot of stuff going on. These people are this they, these people were getting money. They were working and they were trading with the Nile Valley. That whole Middle Eastern world from Lebanon, where the Egyptians was getting their cedar ebony wood from, to um, Chad, the parts of Africa that links to the parts of Western Africa, uh, Egypt, Punt, and Northern Sudan, and even the Oxum River near Pakistan, where they begin the lapis lazuli from, that was a gold mine for money. That's all it was. It was money. So in that part of Ethiopia, they've been mixing for a long time, for a very long time. Well, thank you, you know, for answering that for me, uh, uh, Ngozi, because, yeah, they they are trying to find a narrative. And the more we squash out uh, excuses, the more we could get down to just fundamental thinking. And what I'd like to try to do, you know, because I've heard the excuses for a long time, like, as I say, mentioning the era from you you guys were on the radio. We're talking maybe over the last 15 years. 
But I yeah. do know they get all caught up and go, see, when you start talking uh, battles, actual wars, then you're putting a date, then you're putting a general or a king. Now you're talking about a civilization. Then you get into that culture. And that has nothing to do with any religion or theology. And that's no. the way I try to attack them when they come in, because we could argue religion all day. But so, but yeah, it goes when you come on, I try to listen to you, brother, like I've been doing for years. I'm just glad you're around, still giving freely your knowledge, you know. So thank you and bless you. Thank you, brother. Bless you as well. And I wanted to add on to what you said. Religion comes on after people settle, after they went to war, they created the culture, they created the civilization, they slaughtered people. That's when the mercenaries come in, and that's when the religions come in, when the people are already established. That's the same thing that happened in this part of the world. You know, the, 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 the Europeans came over here as Christians or Protestants, or they branched off from the Catholic Church. But at the end of the day, they didn't start talking about Jesus after they didn't already conquered the people, after they already dominated over the people. That's when they started sending the missionaries in, when it was already easy to communicate with the people, to settle them in and merge them in. This happened in the ancient world, even with the Arabs, when they came in, in 641 AD. They didn't come in, you know, talking, you know, I'm gonna convert Islam, in 641 AD, coming through Egypt, they're screaming Allah Akbar, cutting off heads. Once they dominate the areas, then they start to convert and send the Islamic missionaries through. And in some cases, it was peaceful. Like the upper class Mandinka, they wasn't forced into Islam. The Berbers was forced into it when they lost war to the Arabs. But the Berbers had a trade route with the Wagadu or the Sunuke, who were already a Mindy people in Mauritania. So the upper class group of Mandinka, before you have the story of Sindeta Keta, a lot of the upper elite Mandinka converted on their own. A lot of Fulani got absorbed in it because of the trade. So people are converting to religions for money and marketing and trade to network with that Eastern world. This is one reason why Massa Musa was in was always um, um, he was always he always was going back and forth to Arabia, and he was taking a, a lot of the architectures from over there and bringing them back because that Middle Eastern world was a very important part of the world that connected you with a so a, a lot of um, um, barriers financially. That's what's going on, but but yes, you're correct. First, you come in with the you know the formulate the culture before you dominate to create the civilization. After that, you know culture and civilization can change because other components can add on to it through time when people discover new things. So by the time you get the settlement with things already established, now you can come in friendly and start relate you know writing your religious texts and talking nice, and you got time to write. Now you got time to convert the people because you're already dominated over. Now let's talk sense to them and convert them to what we believe so we can be able to um, control the, the network and the market in the way we want, want them to. Because if you got an uproar of people that don't believe the same thing that you believe, I can't control your mind. I can't. And this even happened in, in the park. Maybe, Go ahead, King. Well, maybe ask that question, because, uh, you know, I, I was just laughing as you were speaking, and I was thinking about how that Ottoman Empire came into the, the Middle East there, and along the way, as they began to defeat different little townships, they took the young men as slaves and converted them. And, that's, and I hear Reggie Mabry put it in the chat all the time, converts, yes, converts is what they are. These two are yes, young yes. men who, who were taken from early childhood and forced into these battles with the Ottoman Empire. That's how they helped become so massive, you know? But I, I you know, the, the narrative they come up with in Gozi, I mean, 
it, it, like I say, it's as simple to me as uh, they got the right to this to believe in they in the Bible. I got my right not to believe in the Bible. If they could match every biblical history battle with one outside of that Bible in that region, then we could sort of begin to get a little leeway to find out where you know where our differences lie. But if we're going to stay caught up in the Bible and trying to use those wars and those king titles, and, and we're not going outside the historical concepts of war and of war and battle, you know, then you know, I just don't even talk to them about it. I just listen and laugh. But that's my thing. One of my favorite sites, and I wish some of our younger people would start dipping into the actual warfare. Because warfare and power is what controls regions and narratives. And we start learning who the rulerships and who's running it. It's as simple as the English giving you a Bible and to giving you your first book and telling your slave obey your master. The church may have said the same thing in their narrative. So I, that's just my thing. I just uh, think uh, that's an area with so much information now that we could fine tune because I look at it as like a hunter chasing rabbits. You know, they jump from one hole meaning one theory to another theory to another one. You know, and eventually we go trap the rabbit. And that's yeah. doing a good job of cornering it. I'm proud of it. Thank you. I'll shave, brother. Yeah, it's, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's real funny, man. The whole Middle Eastern world, um, even when the Hebrew in the Hebrew narrative, they're not even really uh, focusing on even on the parts of Africa that we descend from. You know, they only focus really on Egypt, Ethiopia, and Ethiopia can be tricky because we know the original Ethiopia, when the Greeks came in, was talking about the northern parts of Sudan. But um, they're not talking about Nigeria, or Mali, Gambia. And to be truthful, it really doesn't have anything to do with us. It has nothing to do with us. Though they talk about the world where they had trade markets and where they were trading at and empires that dominated Persia. You hear about Persia, you hear about Syria, you hear about Babylon, you hear about Ethiopia, which is the northern parts of Sudan at that time, and you hear about Egypt. That's what the whole world is based off of. The whole, and even Iran, which is where the Persians were. The whole world of the Middle Eastern story is talking about those areas. They knew nothing about, you know, um, Nigeria and Congo and, and, and Togo and none of those places, because it wasn't part of that market. We had our own market, we were doing our own thing. There's certain things about Western Central Africa that hasn't even been discovered yet because we've been doing our own thing. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's funny you got these black African men in America who, who, I mean, it's okay if you want to believe in something, you can believe in whatever you want. You can be Muslim, you can be Christian, you can be whatever. You can be atheist. But I think it's funny when you try to force yourself to be something, you know, and, and, and the world and understand genetic and archaeology and anthropology, they laugh at you because they know you, you become the laughing stock. We so divided in, in our in our identity, you know. You gotta understand that we Moors. You gotta understand we Hebrews. You gotta understand we Aborigine, and it's 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 really showing, you know, post traumatic slave syndrome, and it's also showing, you know, how fucked up we are and what we've been through. Like these people completely erased our culture, our identity, you know, and and, and we're and, and and we're searching for it, 
And then by the time we hear about parts of Africa that we come from, we don't want to have nothing to do with it because we don't have an attraction for it. We're, part, we're attracted to the parts of Africa that the Europeans are attracted to. We think that if you got stone bricks and monuments that sits high in the sky, bigger than the Sears Tower, it makes you better than the people that don't have that. And we, it is, again, it's a lot of things about West Africa that they found in, in the Congo that, that, that shits on that shit that you find in Egypt. And it's a blessing that we come from West Africa and Central Africa because we just recently started mixing with people outside of our continent. People in Egypt, Egypt is a transcontinental country. So it, it, there has been a lot of riffraff with people coming in and out for a long time. And in North Africa, the Atlas Mountains of Morocco is right next to the Iberian Peninsula. So it makes sense. But where we come from, a lot of us were just recently forced into a certain situation to become what we are today, a slightly new situation. You know what I'm saying? But not to get off the narrative of the so-called Middle East or, or, or Israel, which is on a plate tectonic of North Africa and the Arabian Peninsula. They call it the African um, Syrian Rift. Not saying that Israel is in Africa, but I'm saying it's a part of that transcontinental point of the African Syrian Rift. It sits on the Arabian plate tectonic in the northern parts of Africa where you're leaking out in the, the Gaza Strip. Before they call it the African Syrian Rift. So these people in these zones are highly Mediterranean and they look the way they look for the last three to 5,000 years. The Natufians had a distinctive look. And when you study um, Sir Williams, he talks about what they look like. But even though there were differences in a phenotype compared to a lot of the people that, you know, we descend from because they were still already mixing. So, but when you get into this Middle Eastern world, you get into a mixed world. You're getting into a zone of confluence as Dr. Antijoke or Diop teaches us. You know, this, this is what you got going on. So again, by the time you get into so-called Hebrews or Israelites, they look like the Palestinians. They don't look like us. They don't. Regardless if some of them have swathy skin or regardless if some of them even having fairer skin. The article is out. You know, when they looked at the blue-eyed population that were in the northern parts of Israel, SLC245 was there and the blue eye OCA2 HER2 gene was there. It was there. It was already there. So you had a, a few people that were bronze or brown skin, and you had people that were fair skinned. They were they were different groups of people there. You can't get past that. But it has nothing to do with the people that we descend from in Western Central Africa. And you can't use the Igbo narrative because the Igbos at one time had their own gods, they had their own concept of the divine, and it was a, it was similar to the other um. It was similar to the other West African traditions that they got around them. A lot of those people just started converting into Judaism. Africans got to stop being a fall guy for other people and accept who we are. Yo, man. Great, great point. Yo, that was a, what y'all just did. First, I want to say peace. Those of your information is valuable. I enjoy it every time I hear you talk. You're always giving me something I can verify and go check up, make sure that it's correct and things like that. So I really appreciate it. Uh, but what you just said about us not wanting to accept who we are and talking about post-traumatic slave syndrome, stuff like that. I've been looking into some things I'm doing some research on a Dunning-Kruger effect and cognitive biases and things like that. Maybe we can start helping our people identify when they have a cognitive bias. 
Savio, your mic is trash, bro. My mic trash again. Yeah, you going in and out. You, you talking about uh, research on people who got uh, confirmation bias or positive bias? Cognitive, cognitive bias. Oh, all right, cognitive bias. I ain't hear what you said, man. You going in and out? Like tripping again. Better so went out again. You said tripping and then it went out. Is that better? Yeah, 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 Bill. All right, so yeah, uh, I've been. Uh, looking at things like the Dunning-Kruger effect and cognitive biases. And I think that might be a good place for us to start with our people. Hey, but you know, when you, many people don't know that they're like, they inherit these biases based on opinions, not evidence, which allows them to refuse to accept uh, evidence, which is pretty much a, a psychological issue um and most of this let's just say it like this most of this stuff is generated through a, a religious belief anyway you know what i mean it, it's indoctrin it's, it's an indoctrination of of uh of a lost identity so it goes back to all of that point but I don't want to jump off that because I know where you're trying to go. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to be quiet. Then I'm going to come back to where it goes. It was kicking. Most deaf, most deaf. Yeah, we got to, yeah, we got to, um, cognitive dissonance is real. Um, cognitive biases is real. We got to see what's going on, you know, and, and a lot of this stuff is coming from self-hate. The Hebraic text It's ultimately anti-African, and it's just not anti-African. It's anti, you know, even the older customs of the ancient Canaanites in the Bronze Age before they started. You know, human beings left out of Africa with an animistic belief. In animism, we believe that everything in nature had a spirit or energy or whatever you want to call it. So we talked about stories, or we gave, we made sense out of, we we created stories to make sense out of life based off the environment. So the ancient Canaanites or the people of Canaan at the time had a lot of those old customs that, that most homo sapiens had. They told stories based off the environment and situation. We venerated nature. We put it in zoomorphic and anthropomorphic symbolism explaining a certain thing. By the time you get into this, this confederation of these people that come together to form the Hebraic text, they were anti-everybody around them, anti-everybody around them. This is why you find some niggas worshiping El, then you find some niggas worshiping Yahweh, yet still they turned around and made Yahweh um, the predominant uh, uh, symbol. Because at one time he was a pagan deity too. He was a warrior deity, he had a wife. But by the time they turned together, they wanted to be different and distinct from the surrounding population around them in the Middle East. But a lot of the earlier Middle Eastern customs are early customs that migrate out of Africa. Regardless of them not being African anymore, they were slightly mixed, remember, Human beings, and as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a whole, scientifically, Homo sapien is an African species. But what I'm saying is regardless of them having mutations that develop at the clinal level and a demi level outside of the continent, the customs that Homo sapiens still practice was still the, the customs that we practice out of Africa from our early animistic systems. So by the time you get into this Hebrew system and this, this late addition to, to human history and other people adding on, it's completely anti-African. It's completely anti-animism, completely. 
So why do these people want to be this? I don't know. But again, it's coming from slavery. It's coming from self-hate. You know, these we have been taught to hate ourselves, bro. We still make fun. I mean, you got groups right now that's making fun of continental Africans, and you got the continental Africans that don't make it no better. They come over here looking at looking at you a certain way too, and it shouldn't be like that because the overall problem has a source and a base root, and we disregard that base root. We look at the the, the images that of what we see now. So it, it, it's it's really sick, man. Facts. I think that uh, also to add to that, man, um, just part of that whole kidnapping genre that that our ancestors experienced and the miscombobulation of, you know, knowing who we truly are. Biblically, uh, since the Bible was the easiest route for most people, because you're thinking about 16th, 18th century, where these where these Protestants began, the black Protestants began to want to identify themselves with the people of the book. Um, this was the indoctr this was the mass indoctrination of, of a forced belief on us because what it did was it influenced well it influenced our our uh, grandfathers right because at this time in the 16th and eight between the 16th and 18th century our grandfathers voices was a little bit stronger so you know it carried more weight it wasn't it, it wasn't equal to the woman at the time she was more of a nurturer and things of that nature so that's why I'm saying grandfathers. So our grandfathers took this, this belief and, and then they started to penetrate the minds of everyone be below them by pushing this on us and saying, we are the people in this book that we were sneaking, read, you know, sneaking and hiding and reading about and trying mm -hmm. to identify ourselves with something because of our cultural experience. And I think that's where we got lost the most you know, during this whole thing is because we tried to look for our history and our culture in a book that wasn't about us. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and the similar story but even the similar stories that the Hebrews went through and being homo sapien, symbolic thought is what drives us as a species. So, when you have stories like people were oppressed and they resurrected and they and, and you had people, you had prophets coming to let their people free. A lot of our people can relate to that because you got to remember, we were stripped from our identity. Seriously, they mangled populations that wasn't even next to each other to create what we are right now. You might be partially Yoruba, partially Mandinka, partially Fulani, all slapped into one to create this new sense of identity, not even speaking your mother tongue. But then when you hear about this book and you read this story, and that's all you know, because you, you weren't able to read, like you said, we had to sneak read. So this is all you know, and, and we did use the church as a safe haven in our own way. So this, so, so by the time we get to it, this shit, this, this is the most powerful thing that we know. We got hope in this God, this invisible God. This thing, it, it comes out of hope. It comes out of hope. It gives us a sense of identity, and we can relate to the story. So we got to be these people that this book is talking about. Disregarding reality of what's really going on. Disregarding a situation that, you know what I'm saying, like you just been stripped away from your whole identity. You just lost everything. The situation, if you really look into slavery, is harsher than what we want to accept. And we still play the simp game in corporated America, being the citizens that we are. You got people that, that you got the, and I'm not against ADOS or ABOS or, uh, or the Foundation African Americans, but they have a, in some cases, not all of them, they go against our brothers from the Caribbean and our brothers and sisters from Africa as if we're separate. Not knowing it, you the same people that was dropped off in the Caribbean 
is the same people that was dropped off here to help build this shit. And the same people that were dropped off in the Caribbean and, and, and that was dropped off here are the same people that come from West Africa. Why look at yourself different? It was West Africans that built this. So when my Nigerian brother come here or my, or my Wolof brother come here, why would I look at him like he didn't play a role in his, play a role in this, in this establishment when I share genetics that come from him? My genetics that I have that make me a so-called black man in the sense of disgust of coming from sub-Saharan African countries come from populations that come from Nigeria, Cameroon, and Ghana. Why am I separating myself from them? If I did it, they did it. Because I'm an African. Right. But on the other side, but on the other side, I want to claim Egypt. But I'm disregarding my Nigerian brother in the other part. See, that's what I'm saying. Like it's and I'm not saying all else is like that. I'm just saying for those who don't see the bigger issue, there's a serious base root of what's going on. And I, yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad for my brothers who call themselves Hebrews and talking shit about Africans. I feel bad against my brothers who call themselves Moors who talk shit about Africans. I feel bad for the ones who say that they're Aborigines and talk shit about Africans. And I feel bad for the continental Africans or brothers from the Caribbean who talk shit about African-Americans. Not knowing the bigger issue, there's a, there's a cause to all this shit and we disregard that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah you, you hit it right on the head because while we, while our African American experience is, uh, and even uh, the Caribbean brothers and sisters, uh, and down to South America, our our experiences in the so-called New World was slavery, but our continental African brothers and sisters' experience on the continent was colonialism. Yeah. Yep. And and you know, uh, they're not the same thing. Uh, so to say, but they both have a mental uh, overall effect on our, our worldview and experiences as a people. And drawing that out is the, is the much bigger issue than anything else. And like you, like you said, like I said earlier, it goes back to that dang on book because that was the tool that was used the most against us. Yes. And, uh, and, and on both sides of this, on both sides of the fight. In the new yes. world, they pushing that they pushing that book, and and you know when they were colonizing the continent, the influence was that book. Yes, and I'm still going, is and that it, book because we still seeing it, it today. And it go and it and it even goes for the Quran as well. We are we are in a fight that has nothing to do with us to this day. Right now in Africa, the Fulani. In Nigeria, you got the Fulani that's in war with the Christian. You got the Dogon that's in tour with the Fulani, and they both Muslims. Yet still, they they fighting over systems or the coup that they just had in Mali, the coup that they just had in Mali, and the kite was sent out through Arabia. We claim you got some niggas in, in, in Senegal that believe that they descended from Muhammad. It's just not the Hebrew shit that's affecting us. The Islamic shit is affecting us too, and they not seeing of what's going. That's why I respect the Masi who fought against it in the beginning. You know. The Dogon now they starting to convert to Islam. So these people, like what I'm saying is, is that both of these books is a problem to the African people. You know, religion is an issue. The religion is an issue. Hold on one second. Hey, let me add something, man. The Yoruba claim they come from a Nimrod tribe. Then they yes. come from Mecca. They come from Arabia, Mecca, Canaan, Israel, Egypt. They don't know where the hell they come from because of colonization. No. Them dudes yeah. is crazy in West Africa because then it has to do with <laughs> glory days. I want to be where the glory days from. 
And that's the infiltration of this Hebrew, Hebrew nonsense, man. Oh, you chosen, man. If you believe me, you chosen. How are you going to leave the church when the church says, if you don't believe what I believe, you're not going to make it to the, to the, to the, to the, arm um, to heaven. Right. Then you're going to jump and say, oh, I'm a Hebrew now because your pa the pastor probably slept with your wife. So you're mad with the church now. And then now you're going to say, it, you, you got to know your lineage when your own guy that you love, Jesus, didn't even worship Yahweh. It's a goddamn shame. Look at y'all fools. <laughs> fools yeah. as hell. Hey, I'm going to say. What's, what's up, Unc? Hold on, Brother Ray. What's up, Unc? What's going on, man? I see you. What's going on, Brother Ngozi? What's up, Brother Unc? What's up, big bro? All is well, King. It's always a pleasure to be on the phone with the talent. I call you the talent. Goddamn it. You the motherfucking talent. Hell with all, all this shit. Yeah, you the talent. Everything good with you, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah, all is well, beloved. Everything good, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, you know we're here, man, to do that, man. And I'm glad you, you know, putting forth the realities, man. Motherfuckers don't, they don't want to deal with the reality. They, they actually think that before DNA, people knew that they was connected. They wasn't. They, 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 they was disconnected based off religion and different systems, like you say. So they was always up for a good fight against another tribe, born tribe. They didn't understand DNA. And Islam and Christianity... They came in and took advantage of that. Yo, they, they divided further and conquered us with the religion. That's why you know I always say, conquer by religion. It's That's simple real. as that. Yeah, they deny the African roots, yo. Right? Huh. It's for 2,000 year old religion like that. That shit for 2,000 years, as me and you know, it's a long goddamn time, ain't it, brother? You yeah. know what, what bothered me so much? And I, I told you on Sabio who. Because of my disability, I'm not able to study. So thank you, Sabio. He comes around a lot, family, and helped us a lot of things for me. But uh, when I saw a video of this guy who called himself a captain, and I saw a beautiful black melanated child who was at one of his barbecue parties. And oh, yeah. he said that, Joe, I believe Sarnetta, that because this beautiful melanated child knew that he was from African descent, that he wouldn't even feed him a hot dog. And ever since I heard that, because we want to talk about, oh, everybody got the right to have their damn religion. But when you're teaching that kind of spilling, that kind of poison, then it's a time for informative people like you, Garfield, Unc, and Gosey, Richie, several others that I respect tremendously to continue to push the pedal on the wheels because this book, this buffoonery, is, <laughs> and with all the imagery that's on TV, all the buffoonery, it takes serious information to stir the mind of these non-believers. So I, I, I just, like I say, Garfield, I really want you to find out for me about the Ottoman slave trade from 1453 to 1586. I want you to see if you can find out what they control, what their narrative, and was any goddamn, excuse me, any Hebrews names on them slave ships. And that's what I want to start for, because they don't want to be African people. So they run in Garfield from that West Coast, from the transatlantic slave trade, because you take out a, a West African perspective. 
So they run and so now they ain't West Africans. We know they ain't nothing south. So again, I'm ready to take on that battlefield. Like I was telling Sabio, I'm gonna start doing a lot more studying on slave trade in the Ottoman Empire, because I'm all I'm very familiar with you know with slavery in America, the narratives, the books, the stories. But you know, so they're running. They're running and can't hide because at some point they got they can't have no more excuses. At some point that rabbit go for jump in the last damn hole. Thank you. <laughs> and, 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 and I want to add on in, in the elder, you you definitely correct, brother. And um, slavery is really important for us to understand. You know, Africans have been Muslims. We have been Christians. We have been now we Jews. We've been every religion in the world. And it never liberated us ultimately. This is why it's important for us to understand science and get involved with evolution because life is messy. And only a fool, isn't this like what Uncle always say? Organized liars defeat unorganized people that deal with truth. If you don't have an organized truth, your truth don't mean shit if the lies more organized. And what I'm saying is, is that being sub-Saharan African, we are old people. We had issues going to, like, look at the first issue that went on with us when you start dealing with Islam dealing with the Moors after they came back in 1492 when they tried to destroy Mali. They were looking at Mass Musa, you know, the brother was so, you know, draped into Islam, he disregarded his own people. He was letting people, he was actually selling people. The, the book has fucked us up. The West African, the, the, the thing about being homo sapien sapien, Again, symbolic thought is what drives us out as a species, but we're so old. By the time we got into these popular formulas of what was being introduced to us in West Africa, it was it was new, it was hot. It was we were getting involved with the trade market, we liked it, but we disregarded our own fellow brothers and sisters. But the base root of it, if you really follow this Abrahamic faith, it has always been a problem for us. And to this day, we still divide it. And you can look at the mentality of what the people going through today. That's why it's important for us to understand evolution and science. Once you start to understand evolution, you know, now I'm right here, King. I was saying, okay, okay. By, the by the time you get involved with science, you don't see a European, Arab, or anybody as being a big bad boogeyman. You know there is no chosen people because you know life is messy. You know the organism is, is nothing but a bag of cells with an expiration date. You accept the faith of life and death, and that's all the fuck you got in the decisions that you make. When you get involved with that, all the magic and all that shit, you, it, it, you see life for what it is. It's about accepting reality. That's the importance of understanding evolution. They can't get by when you and play games with you anymore. I can see my fellow brothers. I honestly look at my brothers who Hebrews and Moors and Abra, I see them as being insane. They have a, a, a type of psychosis. Ultimately, yeah. this is what's going on. This shit is affecting us and so many people in a in their sexual behaviors, you know, you got you know, literally like in, in, in certain faiths, and I'm not going to say it publicly for those that study, they legitimize the okay of having sex with younger children. And you have cases amongst the Hebrews where they want to screw little kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's affecting the way you eat. It's affecting our health. Certain things that we eat in our diet, your power and food. We come from West Africa. We need certain nutrients in our food. A lot of us lacking, certain, we have a lot of deficiencies because we're trying to follow diets that's not of us. It's a lot of things that make up to what we are. 
substance, bro. It's really important. So we out our league, bro. We literally in the middle of no fucking well. <laughs> we playing yeah, that. Yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, let me and goes and let me say this real quick. I I, I want to kind of hone in on the important points you made about life and death, and the inability to accept life and death is what makes you a slave. Because successful civilizations, they accept the value of death and everybody gonna get it. They accept that and they build a strong culture based off of that. So if you know you only got a few days on planet mud, you strive hard to work together to pass on your genes to the next generation. Not only just genes, but valuable genes that will produce valuable, it's called valuable offspring. What is a valuable offspring? Something that will produce more kids. And the whole culture is always based around that. Those who accept the idea that you're never going to die, that you're not going to meet your ultimate fate, are those who end up being slaves. That's why you got, that's why they, they go on to Mars, y'all. They're definitely going to Mars, right? They sent some more probes to the moon. Look at you. While you're fighting with Stone Age technology, man, <laughs> they starting to planet hop. Like, like, like it's bananas. We've already went interstellar. Right? What is interstellar? Where, where you're outside of the bubble of the sun. While we argue about Moses and Matthews and all that. Man, they got us trapped, man. They got us trapped in the Stone Age, bro. We Africans, man. We space-age Africans, man. And, and, and so Gozi know it. So, so when we rocking evolution and Gozi throwing them motherfucking hollow groups and show the mutations and the whole nine yards, them niggas is trash at the end of the day. And they all know it. And so check this out, Gozi. So they fight hard to make sure me and you ain't on the same motherfucking conversation, bro. This is something we all got to understand, though. There, there's, there's things at play, right, that keep us separated for niggas knowing what it really, really is, bro. You're right and we got to always uh... block that attempt, dude. We got to always block that attempt, Gozi. I'm just letting you know that, bro. Because when we come together on that shit, dog, hey, dude, it, it's like an undefeatable force right there, bro. I just want to let you know that, yo. Yep, you're right on that, Unc. I agree with you, brother, because I've heard you for years. I've heard, like I said, the crew, Sanjetti, uh, even little Chris. I've heard you guys for years, and you're right. Even Pianchi and I both called one day and spoke highly mm -hmm. of you and the shows you guys were doing back then, setting the trend to get up out of some of this religion and begin to put scholarship to the test, you know? So, you know, Aunt Liz, brother, I, I, last time I had a conversation with you, we were on Talk Real Solutions and we was talking about the Emancipation Proclamation. And we're talking about the, that after the uh, slavery. But listen, you are, you are a figure in this community, whether you got people following you on the website or not. Everything you say, people are listening, like EF Hutton. But don't let these, don't let them get you off your game, because you have, you brought so much information. I told Sabio, he'll tell you. I told him about Ankh about six, seven years ago. I said, listen, man, you need to start listening to these guys. I'm a rock squad. Sabio commanded that. I said, because you need to understand the perspectives on all this theology and the makeup of it, you know? A uh, great man said, Dr. Clark, and this is what I'm passing on to Sabio, if you really want to understand your own culture, 
character, you yeah, gotta yeah. understand your adversaries as well. Yeah, that's it, bro. So yeah. I'm outside. I want to understand. So, cause I, I ain't got time to play skip rope. Okay, you know, playing jump rope. I want to have a <laughs> thorough understanding of the flow of life, culture, commerce, economy, education, sociology, and law. I want to know the flow of it. But yeah, no, I, don't let them get you off your square, brother. No, that's real. No. Unk and the Amara, I mean, you know, I applaud the Amara squad. Unk been doing this thing, you know, since I knew him. And I applaud my big bro. You know, you know, he's been trying to pro. And, and when you really follow what he's doing, it's, 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 it's psychological. You know, I look at Unk as a, he's a psychologist. He <laughs> decides in his own way because he know what he's doing, bro. It might appear to be harsh, but that's the only way it can come through. You know, life has tested us and we're not paying attention. Looking at the yeah. COVID-19 situation. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You went out, man. Understanding understand this COVID-19 situation. It affected us and it tested us and we're not seeing what's happening. You know, the mm -hmm. biblical text, the Quranic text, and none of that stuff is gonna help us. If we understand yeah. how COVID-19 works and how it's affecting our communities, we need to get involved with science and understand proper pathogens and how immune system works and how this virus works and dissect it so we can be able to understand what we need to do. And we need to learn the science of vaccination because you got quacko wackos who in our community mm -hmm. that make it seem like anti-vax is a problem. And if you don't understand how vaccinations work and you don't see this stuff for yourself, a lot of our people are going to continue on dying because they don't even understand a proper function of how the immunities work and how it responds and how vaccinations actually work. It's important for us to know. And I've been hearing the baffling and going back and forth, but yo, we have to. Go keep up what's going on. We got to become more scientifically scientific literate. We have to. Or we're gonna. Or we're gonna. Die. We're gonna die. Like we continuously keep doing. Uh, hold on a second. Anybody wants to come on the panel and ask any questions or anything at all, let me know. Sean, you home? Well, I'm at home now. I'm driving. What's up? Uh, all right. um, grab that thing. You need me to pull something up? No. No, I need you to grab that show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, what am I which, which show? Which show? No, he needs this one, nigga. Shit. Oh, okay. Well, it's 5.44 anyway. We got in gold. Yeah, we're good. Got his phone messing up for hours. So I think we did good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good one. Yeah. Man. It's a real, I, I think it's the educated conversation that, you know, brothers on the Trudeau Killers, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Gozy, his crew, Team Osiris, you know what I'm saying? Is you know it, it, it's the intelligent conversation, man. And and let me tell you something, Garfield, bro. You 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 ain't out of an even. You are gonna always catch the heat too, because oh, all your ass know how to do is is attack these motherfuckers with academic show. That's what niggas hate the most. Facts. They hate they hate the fact that mm -hmm. you hit them niggas with the academic shit. White boys, black boys, you don't care. They hate that, bro. <laughs> they hate the very ground you walk on. So they will attack you with all kind of shit. That's the same, that's the same pressure me, goes and the crew go through, bro. Like, like these people hate us. Yep. They hate us for having an intelligent opposing view. And when you have an intelligent opposing view, 
all of a sudden, the opposing view is white people. They play the game. So if you're talking intelligent, you're talking like a white boy. If you're talking science, you're using white boy science. Right. The whole way they don't even realize they're downgrading and degrading their own fucking intelligence. You As know, a black man, a black woman, bro. They will love you, Unc, and they love me. They love Ngozi, right? Until you say, hey, um, the vaccine is a good idea. They love Ngozi. Oh, Ngozi's the smartest dude. Oh, you, yeah, the vaccine is a great idea. Oh, they can't stand you right now. We need to have a good vaccine show, yo. We, but see, Ngozi, yeah, know. Um, today's what? Today's Tuesday, right? I don't know. We need to have a good vaccine Thursday. show. Thursday, we probably could do one and do it late. If you're trying to have a vaccine, if you're trying to, if you're trying to have a vaccine show, you need to wait till uh to the public, the, the reports are made public. Because this is the week that they become public. We got at least to the 10th, and then the journals will start publishing their, their research, you know, on Moderna, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca. We should get a press, we should get a release on that. And we can go through and scrub those and scrub those and look at, you know, how to test, even though they've been giving us bits and pieces. But I'm just saying, if you're really trying to do that, the best time to do that is when you get that homework on that on those uh, results. Yeah, and you know something piggybacking hey, on that. Up on second, brother Ray. I just got news that Jeremiah Judah saw that Ank was winning in the polls, and he's making new people judges for last night's show to try to <laughs> override the poll. Damn. 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 And this is a Hebrew who's supposed to be honest. And loyal. Oh, you know, come on, man. You know, yeah, he tired really. of that stuff, too. This is sad, yo. This is sad. No, not Judah. That's Judah, my man. Yo, you know, I like Jeremiah, yo. Oh, come man. on, Jeremiah. Let the people speak on that, Jeremiah. Like, <laughs> come on, man. And, and you know what, Garfield? Yeah, ain't Garfield, looking good. I actually appreciate you playing that little video snippet when me and the brother had the, the conversation and we was trying to work out the details of it. And I was like, dude, you're trying to get me here, bro. I, the debate is, who built the pyramids and when? And when, nigga, he never, he never stuck to that. He never, he never, we, we need to, that's funny, man. I ain't even looked at the polls, man. But man, y'all go hit them polls, man. Look at the debate and give y'all honest opinion on it, y'all. I'm not telling y'all who to vote for. Yeah, somebody, you somebody feel put the poll. Yeah, don't look at, don't look at my critique. Put the poll in the chat. Don't look at my critique. It'll mess your, it'll mess your whole vote up. Yeah, I'm gonna watch the video tonight. Don't watch nothing, man. Vote for Unc. Watch the video. Oh, that's political. I, I'm not. No, nah, man. I, you know Vote what, dude? Listen. Garfield, listen. Garfield, listen, Garfield. I went on uh, Jeremiah's channel. I'm overriding you, Elder. I'm overriding you. Nope. Stop it. You got to play. You're playing a game with these people. It's not about I'm it. not, man. I'm not playing a game. Really? As dumb down as we are, you going to tell the people, oh, go watch it. They probably hear something like, ah, oh, man, it's a tie. Come on, man. Vote for Unc. That's it. We ain't got time for that. Come on. I'm dead. Hey, hey, y'all ain't hey, even. Y'all ain't gotta watch it. Just hey, watch. Let, just watch hey, what hold we hold did. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't let me do the puff that either. Vote or die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick, yo. They gotta hit that link and join the group, though. Join, join the group. Support Judah, man. See, I don't mind supporting Jeremiah Judy. As a matter of fact, I appreciate him extending the platform to me. And Sean. I mean, we just have fun with this shit. 
right? So I don't have a problem talking to Hebrews and I'm hearing certain people over there want to talk about evolution. Man, I don't, I love that, man. It's spreading, yo. And when I hear him use references and try to, and I hear him trying to uh, uh, come up with, with the understanding like, like, like Garfield got and like Ngozi got, man, I really be appreciating that shit. And then y'all try to defeat me with our own shit we've been doing for the last 20 years. I kind of appreciate that shit. Cause y'all don't be knowing who y'all be talking to. Y'all don't know the strength of teams and how I can go to Garfield, the dagger squad and get whatever I need. I can fuck with Sean and get whatever I need. I can call up Ngozi and the squad and this team and get whatever I need. See, y'all gotta know that's what it is, yo. When y'all fuck with us, yo, y'all fuck with all of us. The secret is out, bro. When you fuck with me, you fuck with everybody. And that's the system I always wanted to put in place. That one nigga can win your game, but a motherfucking team can win you the goddamn championship. Damn championship. That's why they were crying on you talking about, oh, I'm debating the whole team. You goddamn right you are. Goddamn right, nigga. (laughs) 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 I look stupid. But I look silly. I didn't even look. As a matter of fact, I didn't even I didn't even let Sean do his meta net and shit. I ain't even want to beat an ant with a goddamn army car. C- come on, dude. We could have had a fact. Look, Sean was sending me shit on the messed up meta net. I didn't even fuck with it. I let I let the nigga live on that. All right. And that shit so was we're over in the first thirty minutes. We're going to watch this. We're going to, for y'all, listen to the audience, all the metanets that that nigga used, we're going to break that down. Mm. How about that? How about that? Nah, fuck all the rest of that. All the shit he talking about, the glyphs, what it mean, we on their ass on that. Hey, uh, you you becoming unfair, like, double time, because, like, the sources you be bringing be the top of the, the, the all the people, all the sources be the top of their field. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like when we coming, right. we not coming, we not coming solo, and we coming with the journal, the the journal of, of nature. We coming with the the uh, New England Journal of Medicine. We coming with the Lancet. I mean, we covered with all of the archaeology uh, archaeological data you know what i'm saying we coming with chronology to to back up anything we say like it's unfair man it's unfair he couldn't hey, even hey, the man hey, couldn't hey, even hey. tell you a timeline in the pre debate so like they that was really a waste of time i didn't right. see the debate right. but i'm sure it was a waste of the time well, Garfield, I want to ask you this because I'm real concerned because you talked about something that I feel all of us should do, and that's that vaccine. And I'm also afraid that the non-vaccinators are going to jump like piranhas on the story of the little of the young white lady whose house was raided because she was a whistleblower. Did you see that on the news or read that in the articles? About the woman who had a she was a whistleblower, uh, what, bro? Uh, she on uh, the side effects of the uh, vaccine coming out of fire. She had a what? The side effects. She had a what? From the vaccine. Pardon me. No, say that again. You said what? No, I, she I, was what? a whistleblower. Yeah, let me hear him. What Who's supposed? Someone, go ahead, respond, whoever. We could, I couldn't hear. Oh, he he was saying he, he, he yeah. What he's saying, Unc, is that uh, the Pfizer whistleblower, so to say, she's a whistleblower. They're labeling her as a whistleblower. Said that her house was raided, 
And um, because she was a whistleblower, she came out talking about the side effects of the, of the vaccine. Um, Brother Ray, they already been talking about the side effects. Um, right. We got them in the paper. <laughs> yeah. Well, then yeah, we did a whole show. So we know that you're going to get like a mic. That sound made up. Yeah, yeah, they they animated it, Sean, by showing the, the FBI raiding the place and all of this. Like she uh, had such valuable information. Uh, yeah, they were. Man, we was already know the side effects it. are. That's part of it, bro. Ain't no pro vaxxers yeah, fucking the with them effects. people, bro. Ain't no pro vaxxers uh, out there damn. messing with them folks. They're the ones riling up and shit. The side effects, that's part of the scientific study to know what the side effects is. I'm going to tell y'all some intelligence. Let me give y'all the intelligence shit. You weigh out the side effects, you weigh out the decimation of human life, and then you make a fucking choice. (laughs) Simple as that. Now, you either step up your plate as a nation full of big boys and big girls, or you die like a tribe with no scientific literacy. It's just that simple. So while y'all worrying about a little fever and some fucking shakes, for a day or two, you know what I'm saying? And can't go to work and devastate the fucking economy and niggas about to go broke and start killing and killing they motherfucking self. Man, fuck them couple side effects. It, it, it is what it is. Some of y'all might get some side effects. Y'all act like yeah. y'all never been sick before. Fuck out of here with that. Or when you die 10 years later, hold on, let me finish this. When your ass die from having fucked up liver or fucked up heart based off of getting coronavirus a year later, you know what I'm saying? Then what? You rather have that little fucking shake some little fucking feet. Man, y'all got this shit echoing. Now everybody worry about some side effects. Some bullshit, man. My fucking children, uncle is fucking dead. How about that side effects? What's the side effect of corona? Your ass could be dead. You ain't dying for no goddamn vaccine. Come on, man. Yeah, that shit's silly, yo. So, right, I'm, I can't wait till the vaccine come out. And please, if you're an anti-vax, don't take the motherfucker. So I can sit back and laugh at y'all. And How about know, that? And common sense would tell them and you will hope would tell them that this is not the flu, you know. Well, you, to me, especially someone at my age, you know, I have to hibernate like a bear because I'm actually afraid of getting the virus, you know. So, uh, but no, uh, I, I, you know, I got a daughter and it bothers me because she we go on YouTube and the next oh, thing, right, you know, right. daddy this oh, and daddy, and I'm saying, oh, baby, right. well, daddy got to keep getting shots, you know. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> man, elder dude, so, I, ju- I know, man, just died from that shit, man. That's a couple of days ago, man. They could keep playing all they want to. Hey, Sean, did you read the article where they already had the vaccine? Did you read that? You said, did I read the article where they already got you read what? the article where they talked about before the first came, case came over here, they already knew what the vaccine was going to be. Yeah, I read that early on. Nah, I, didn't, I don't think I read that one particular. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> How about that? You know, it's really the infrastructure that don't allow them to go quicker on the vaccines. You know that, right? Like, they don't got the infrastructure set up to even go that quick. 
Yeah, I got to really read up on that a little bit more before I really, really put it out there. But the reality situation is, dude, man, them, them mRNA vaccines, man, it is what it is. The next generation vaccine is as simple as that. Them DNA vaccines and the mRNA vaccines. mRNA vaccines. You brought up a good point. Our, our infrastructure dates back to the 1940s. So like well, our vaccine, infrastructure right? was vaccine, way, right? way outdated. Yeah. Yeah. Go keep so going. You talking about they don't they don't have the infrastructure for the for the vaccines to move it to to, to uh, yeah even faster yeah, than they, they did faster already. Than they did right. already. Right. 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 Yeah. Be, just because our infrastructure date back to the 1940s, we ain't had an update. We ain't had an upgrade since the 1940s. So we way behind as far as our infrastructure. So this is, I mean, all everything ties in together. This, this is what we try to explain. This is what, what we, our main focus is on the pseudo killer. Nothing exists in a vacuum. So, so we're we talking about the, uh, the vaccine. We're talking about, we, we, we came in from talking about DNA and how, you know, you understand who you are and, and and different cultures and all of that, right? Then we start talking about the vaccine and infrastructure. So the the, infra, the infrastructure is what allows us to uh, uh, be able to communicate on the level that we at, and um, to be able to to, to um, travel at the at the rate that we travel. But um, in that in that you got politics also. So this is why we try to stress mm -hmm. that it's important that you vote too, because where where money, where your tax dollar is allocated is based on the person that you voted for or did not vote for in, in that office, in your local offices. You know what I'm saying? Your city treasury uh, department, your city council. You know, everybody need to know who the person is that they send into Washington. You got to know who your congressperson, your, your congresswoman is. You got to know who the senator is. You know what I mean? You got to have those numbers in your phone book so that you could call and, 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 and put in insight. And then that's so you can be in the know on different uh, 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 town halls and, 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 and all these different things. Like all this relates and, and we need to be in the know. We need to start being a part. Uh, of, of society instead of being on the fringes. See, the black community is on the fringes. We're on the outside looking in while everybody else participates, while everybody else's voice is getting heard, while everybody else signing up for the trials to, to, for the vaccine so that they people can know how it's going to affect they, 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 each certain people. You know what I mean? Everybody, all, all these black people, all of these anti-vaxxer Black people, you know, is is giving out all this hoorah and hoopla, but which one of them is standing up and, and going out on the front line and being a and, and being a pioneer for the people who coming behind them? You know what I'm saying? And going and signing up for that vaccine trial. I, you know, maybe I didn't sign up for the vaccine trial, but I'm the first in line to take the vaccine. You know what I mean? But the the thing is, I'm not even taking a risk because. The science is already there. The data is already there. 
the information is already there. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not even a risk for me. People already stepped up and took the risk for me. People already, uh, uh, black men and women that's in those laboratories dedicated their lives for me already. So this is, the, this is what, you know, this is what uh, the pseudo killers is all about. This is what I hear Garfield talking about all the time. This is what I hear in Gozi and, and, and Sean and the, and the Masi Warrior Clan. This is what it's all about. One thing, things don't exist in a vacuum, so we need to be in the know. That's all I wanted to say, brothers. Well, so yeah, man, I'm great. Uh, as soon as Garfield finished with this, man, we're gonna go over to the Pseudo Killers channel, man. Um, you know, build that channel up a little bit, man. Uh, take some of the pressure off of Garfield. Set up the um, yeah, I'm setting it up right now as we speak, man. I want y'all to come right over there and I want y'all to subscribe, man. All right, I'm telling you, it's valuable, it's important. We all work together. Uh, you know, we might go back and forth at times, though, but it all fits in. You know what I mean? Like everybody know, everybody know if we want to talk religion, we're going to fuck with Garfield. I mean, I don't mean beat up religion. I mean, seriously, have an in-depth, qualified study, okay, on religion, right? We fucks with Garfield. He's our go-to man on that. Simple as that. Ain't no cut cards. It is what it is. We want to fuck with the science. We're going to fuck with the pseudo killers. We're going to fuck with Ngozi and the crew. Point blank, simple as that. No cut cards. We want to deal with the true African history, West Africa. We're going to fuck with the Masi clan all the way. It's just that simple. It's not complicated. Kofi our research team, bringing all the elements together. And y'all already know what it is with the Amaral squad. At any moment, you know what I'm saying, we popping off. It's simple as that. Um, is it pseudo killers with a S or a Z? With a S, pseudo killers. Okay, okay, okay. You got it. You see, ignorance. <laughs> you see it. Hey, Thursday though, <laughs> we're gonna try to see if we could do the vaccine show Thursday, and then Friday we gotta destroy this dude named Yashub Isachar, Mister Genesis Forty Niners. I'm Not have, my boy Yashub. I'm gonna have fortune. <laughs> Fortune favorite and um, um, black client and then beat him up. Taking a break, take a day off. Y'all could beat him up. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going on vacation. I'm going home. You going? I'm going home. But not you. 15, not you. Fifteen years, family. Fifty. And by the way, somebody asked me, Garfi, what do you want for Christmas? Right. <laughs> I'm celebrating Christmas. By the way, for those who don't, I don't give a damn. <laughs> that's your god problem that ain't now that's funny man they asked me what do you want for christmas now i'm gonna tell you my chest is high family because i mean <laughs> anybody heard of the galaxy z fold 2 ain't nobody mess with that garbage phone right there boy you trip Beloved, I'm gonna share the screen. Let me share the screen in a second. Nah, that shit ain't beating that iPhone 12, yo. All right, that's what you think. Watch nah. this Galaxy from Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G. It's actually two thousand dollars. Oh, the flip joint, yeah, man. Family, take a look at this. Take a look at this joint right here. It's a phone and a tablet in one. Look at that. Look at that. Nah, it ain't gonna win. 
right, no. I see the flow and the designer. Listen, it's $2,000. If you ask me what I want for a gift, I'm just telling you, to buy me a gift, you might need to start a GoFundMe. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, 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 family. If you That's really funny. want Garfield to keep killing the Hebrews, get him a Galaxy Z4. So, you, hey, I'm going to tell y'all, family, this is what I want. Okay? No fun. No. If y'all can't buy Daddy. me it, I buy it my damn Daddy. self. But I wouldn't mind y'all buy it for me. Oh, I'm going to give you my password. I'm going to give you my password. So anybody out there want to buy me a gift? It's right there. The Galaxy Z Fold 2. People are like, why would you waste your money and buy that? Because Garfield has his own money and that's what he wants. You ask me what I want, I'm telling y'all. I want the Galaxy Z Fold. If you're, not, if you're not getting the Galaxy Z Fold, I don't want a gift. All right? Keep your gift or I'll just give it away. That's what I want. All right? Please. Okay. All right. My chest is high. Don't hate. Yo, can I say something real quick? I just seen something that I found kind of funny. Somebody posted on Facebook that a gamey dog was found at a, at a site of at the site of Beit El from the Second Temple Period in Judea. Um, it's a a, 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 a gamey die. You know, like dice. One single die was found. Um, Ron Shields posted it actually. A dice. What? One dice. One dollar. Do one mean? dice. You know, like one crap. dice. Yeah, one yeah. dice. What's the big deal? So they're okay. saying that Hebrews were they saying that Hebrew Israelites were shooting dice thousands of years ago. Uh, hey, listen. What? Uh, listen. All right, man, nah, enough of that. We ain't doing that. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> really, Savian? Sorry, sorry, sorry about the commercial break, family. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think it said they found not not a pair of dice, but one dice. <laughs> oh no, I might. I'm hey, hey, Tamika, it. listen, man. What? Set up a GoFundMe. Uh, Set up a GoFundMe for my phone, and I guarantee you, black folks will buy Garfield his phone. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. All right. All right. But anyway, family, <laughs> I'm out of here. I love y'all. Hold on. Hold on, Amir. Amir, say bye to the people. Bye, people. All right. Bye, Amir. Family, I'm out of here. Hey, Thunder, not here, by the way. You chase Thunder away, man. Why are you chasing, chasing away? Away. All right, you brothers take care. Thank you for taking my call, uh, Garfield. Uh, appreciate what you do and your love for your people. You and Unc, y'all got the same love for you, for your people. Appreciate that. Now, um, people come in here under different names all the time. And I got to say this, man. Tomorrow, if Sister Monica permits me, I'm going to talk about the... Um, the new credit system on our show. So tomorrow, y'all tune in for this DNA stuff. Tune in for some economic empowerment, man. Do y'all thing. And y'all better set up a GoFundMe for, for Monica, too. Get her something for her birthday. Uh-oh. So I never got Baba Heru on. Y'all go watch the great Baba Heru. Baba Boo. Yeah, yeah, whatever, yo. Yeah, Garfield, make sure everybody go to the pseudo killers, yo. Yeah, pseudo killers. We up. 
Let me see what y'all talking about. You know I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be trolling in the chat. <laughs> y'all know I'm trolling everybody in the chat. Hold on one second. Let me see if Uncle live. You live yet, Uncle? Uh-uh. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it right now. Hold on. Uh, Monica's birthday is December 28th. She's 44. Y'all know what the red pill and blue pill teach about 44. Jay-Z had the four and everything. So y'all know that. Yeah, it was dry this morning. Shout out to Monica. Yeah, hit up that cash app. Monica Lamb. Hit up that cash app. All right, they look check it out. It should be live off here. Hold on, I'm gonna get the notification. Hold on, let me see if I get a notification. Double click that bell. Hold on, yeah, there you go. There you go, bang. They live, family. So you know what time? Suda killers time. You check your brother Garfield. I'm gonna beat up everybody on the Suda killers tonight. I'm gonna beat up with science. And mathematics. They don't know nothing. I'm coming with a straight up nation of Islam science and mathematics. Yakub gonna be in the building. Reincarnated. Watch. 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 Play it, Onk. You know you're not ready for that master for Muhammad science. You know you ain't ready for that. All right, family. Pseudo killers. It's your time. Y'all up. Peace. We out of here. Right, man. Peace. Listen, man.